Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. the stars in the night, I wondered At your lightning in the sky, I shuddered Your glory is a blanket that covers every living And it feels like there's not enough With all these words, all my heart can sing is holy. You are holy. In Jesus Christ, you bled your I am afraid 
I suppose uh, I, I have been, um, I'm a believer, you know, I'm a Christian. I've been a believer for about 16 years now. Um, I, I didn't always know God. Uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, in a large family, um, a typical Catholic family in Ireland, uh, a very big family. Actually, there was 14 of us in total. Um, my mom had a couple of partners. Um, so I had some stepbrothers and some stepsisters and I was born into the, to the latter part of, of the family. Um, so I'm third, uh, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm actually third youngest in the family. So I, I, I have four brothers and two sisters, and uh, I have three stepbrothers and two stepsisters. Um, so, yeah, so again, my life, I, I suppose, really um, to share a little bit of what God has done in my life. Um, Again, yeah, I was born into into a, a big Catholic family. Um, I was raised up really not kind of knowing God at all. We we went to uh, mass as Catholics do. Um, we went to went to mass. Uh, I didn't really have any concept of God or who He was. Um, so my experience really of church was we went to a building on a Sunday or maybe a special day in the month or in the year, uh, and I always thought God was maybe. Um, I, I laugh at this sometimes, but uh, you know, I thought he was living in in a in in the golden door on the altar where they took the chalice out for communion. There was a little red light in there, and I I always thought God lived in there. So that was my that was kind of really my experience of who God was, you know. Um, I suppose my year my younger years were were pretty. Um, they weren't the normal uh, years as 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 you'd name as you'd think normal. Um, you know, again, it was uh, my father. You know, was a was an alcoholic. He was a pretty aggressive, violent man. Um, you know, he he wasn't a nice man when he drank. Um, he caused a lot of problems in our home, um, a lot of abuse, a lot of stuff that happened in our family for a number of years. Um, you know, incredible stuff. Stuff I couldn't really talk about, really. Um, you know, but it was just really, really crazy things to be growing up as a young man or a young boy. Um, I remember. Uh, you know, up to the age of eight years of age, I remember my father left our home after a couple of years now of, of just really destruction, I suppose, um, and uh, fear, you know, violence, uh, all this kind of stuff. Uh, my my dad, my he actually left the house, and my memory of that really is uh, when I when I think of it, when I look back, my memory of it, um, I suppose, was the day he left. Um, he, my mom. You know, threw a bottle after him out the gate. I know that sounds crazy. I remember the glass breaking on the ground, and and I remember my father cycling away, and that would have been probably the last time I had any kind of physical contact with my dad for the next 25 years. Um, something happened me happened me that day when he left. Um, something broke inside me. I remember the day he left. I wanted to go with him. I remember crying, crying, and crying. I had a little pillowcase. I put all my stuff in it. And uh, I wanted to be with, I wanted to go with him as, as hurtful as he was, as crazy as he was with alcohol and that I really kind of loved him, I suppose. And I wanted to be with him as a young boy, you know, uh, I suppose like any young boy, you look up to your dad. Um, so uh, I remember that, that, that something happened to me that day. When I look back now, I, I, I bring it back to that day. Something happened to me. I remember standing uh, the council where we lived. We lived in a small uh, road in a rural place in, in Tipperary. And um, it was about four or five houses on the road, a really rural place. Um, we were living in a house that only had a couple of rooms, yet there was 
seven uh, of us there or more at some stage, at some points. Um, we had two rooms in the house. They were building a second, a third room for us and a toilet and all that stuff. So the council were doing some work and they, they had dug a hole and they had let this mound of clay or earth beside it. And I remember standing up in that and watching my father cycle away. And something broke within me that day. Um, actually, shortly after that, I remember, um, you know, I suppose really, I was looking for love. I was, you know, we went, we were confused, all my brothers and sisters. We didn't know what was happening. Um, and uh, so one of the, one of our, we had a neighbor, a friend, uh, wasn't a next door neighbor now, it was a neighbor that was, uh, would have been friends of a neighbor and they were living a bit away from us. Uh, a guy, he began to befriend me and that began to, to get really weird. Um, he began to abuse me sexually. And, uh, and, and, and on top of that, on top of my father leaving and this happening to me, well, my life was just, as you can imagine, was just fell apart. It, for me as a young boy, it just uh, was destroyed, really. Um, you know, I, I felt I began to, you know, have extreme nightmares. Um, I remember going to bed and uh, going to sleep and having these nightmares where I'd wake up absolutely screaming. And sometimes I'd be out of the bed or maybe standing up screaming in the corner. Um, these crazy nightmares began to come into my life. Uh, a lot of fear and anxiety, uh, really unsure of myself. Um, yeah, you know, so started getting trouble in school, getting into fights. All this stuff began to happen to me. And, uh, you know, I, I suppose really, you know, <laughs> thinking of it now, like a lot of people, you know, I was a young boy. I didn't know how to communicate with people. I didn't know how to talk about that stuff. Uh, my mom was going through a lot of things as well. She was having to carry the can for, you know, or carry the load of all of our children. Um, she had a failed uh, relationship before, you know, her husband had left her. She was previously married. Her husband had left her one day. And I suppose she had a lot of stuff in her life. And she had some breakdowns and things began to crumble in her home. So, you know, that, 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 I, I, you know, I, I love my mom. She's an amazing woman. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. Um, but, you know, she did her best uh, and uh, couldn't speak highly enough about her. Absolutely amazing woman. And uh, But, you know, in her, in her, you know, her ability or her, or her way of trying to keep everybody together, you know, we just began to fall apart as a family, I believe. Um, you know, again, I say I got in trouble in school. I think that led me into hanging around with the wrong people. I began to look to identify with our peers. I always felt this within me that I was actually, you know, I was different or there was something wrong with me. This is what I, these are the thoughts I had. This is the thinking that I had. And I, I always tried to be somebody else to, be, to impress other people so I could um, fit in with people. So I began to hang around with the wrong people. Um, I remember actually drinking uh, after the age of eight. I got my first taste of alcohol. Um, I remember at a wedding went to a wedding and I drank all this alcohol. I was only like nine years old or something. And uh, I, got, I got drunk. And uh, I remember uh, being brought home. I was in home in bed. And I, you know, I had been sick from it and the alcohol and stuff. But that was my first taste of alcohol. And I suppose really what it did was like an escape for me. So as you do, I began to hang around with the wrong, wrong guys. Uh, I went to a local village, hanging out with some guys. We began to drink. Uh, I got a taste for alcohol. And I felt the thing, what it did for me was, it began to give me um, some confidence or it gave me an escape in a sense from what I was feeling inside, all the abuse that I had been in, involved in, the stuff that had happened to me. I couldn't talk about it. Uh, but yet I wanted to forget it. I wanted to try to put it away. So I began to drink. 
Um, so my, my school years, actually around that time, I had um, another, another thing happen to me which con, kind of just hammered some stuff, more stuff into my life, was I was born with my feet. There was a, a problem with my, with my feet that were like deformed. So at the, in school, I was going to school and I was about, about to do my exams and, you know, in, in school. And they brought me to hospital and they, they had to break my ankles, uh, the bones of my ankles, and reset them to get the, the, the ankles to be formed properly. So for a while, uh, you know, all that happened to me. I was, I was in a wheelchair for about six months. Uh, and all this stuff was just happening. To me. And, uh, and really, you know, I just I had, I suppose, I had lost kind of, you know, a sense of, of, of just control. I remember um, I got a, I got a job then I left school uh, and, I, and I got a job and um, uh, you know I I, I, I left home I, I left home actually when I was 16 years old I came home one night and I said to my mother I said I'm leaving um, I've got a job now and I'm, I'm out of here you know so I, I remember putting what I had in a black bag and I left home and that really was the start of when I fell into um, I'll be drinking a lot at this stage but I fell into the drug scene so. Um, all the time, you know, when I began to take drugs, I, I began to take, you know, smoking uh, grass and pot and just, you know, take smoking hash, all that kind of stuff. I began to do those things. And uh, and again, I felt, you know, really all the time inside of me was this cry for help, but I couldn't really express it. Um, so I found when I took drugs and I took alcohol, it just what it did for me was it gave me a euphoric feeling and it gave me an escape from the pain that I was trying to deal with. Um, and really, you know, I had an addictive personality, I had an addictive behavior. Uh, again, again, I, I began to just hang around with the wrong people. Um, you know, I wanted to identify with certain people. Um, so I began to do that. And, and for a time, you know, my life, like I was enjoying, you know, you know, I was probably enjoying that lifestyle for a while. Um, but then it began to get out of control. You know, my drinking began to get worse. Um, you know, I, I started to get blackouts. I forgot where I'd be some nights. I'd wake up in places that I shouldn't be. Um, so all these things were happening to me. And all the time, it was just constantly inside of me. Um, you know, and I'm not sure if anybody out there understands or coming from a background that I come from. You know, that lifestyle is a promiscuous lifestyle. It's a lifestyle with a lot of um, black uh, darkness in it. You know, you're involved in some things that you shouldn't be involved in. Um, you know, so it led me to a place of doing some things that I really, you know, I regretted and, and stuff that I couldn't talk about. So, um, you know, around that time, I actually, you know, uh, I met a girl, we had, uh, we had, uh, had two, two children, a boy and a girl. And really what, I, what happened to me there was, uh, I, I actually, you know, my addiction, my brokenness, um, destroyed their lives for a while. Um, you know, we, we, it, it, I actually led me to a place where one night I decided to take my life. Um, so uh, that really was a hard time for me. It was a really, really difficult time. Um, you know, I had this voice telling me all the time, you know, you're no good. Uh, your life is over. It's broken. If people really knew what you were doing or what you were involved in, you know, this, this negative voice was speaking to me all the time. And um, it, it drove me to a place one night where I decided that, that was it. I had been listening to this for a while. Um, I began to take more drugs, um, you know, and even the more drugs and dr alcohol I took, I couldn't seem to get uh, rid of this, this pain that was in me. Um, so, you know, one night I decided, this is it, I'm going to take my life. And so out of a, a drunk and a, and a, a drug-fueled night, um, I made a rope one night. I was working in a bar. 
I, I made it out of some some sheets. I threw it over a rafter. You know, I stood on a pool table. I remember putting it on my neck and I jumped. And uh, the, 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 the rope didn't work. It broke. So I remember hitting hitting the floor. Uh, and people heard the bang. They came in and they they, they realised what I tried to do. So they took me away and they brought me to um, uh, a mental home. Really, it's a lockup. Um, that's probably the only place they could bring me. Um, that was probably one of the lowest points of my life. I remember waking the next morning and the shame I felt and the guilt, uh, just the just the the actual brokenness of of trying to take my life and and the failure I felt as a man, as a as a person, um, you know, as as a as a son. I just felt such failure in my life and such rejection, such such shame and guilt. Um, so, but you know. It wasn't long after that. I was there for a couple of weeks, and my family signed me out. And it wasn't long after I came, came out of there, I slipped right back into my lifestyle of just drugs and alcohol and uh, just, you know, going crazy, doing the things that I was doing. And, you know, that began to get me in trouble with the police, and all this stuff was happening to me. It was just a crazy nightmare, really. Um, so, you know, one night, um, I remember uh, I was actually... Uh, I was living with a, a lady at the time and, and uh, she brought me home a Bible. And, you know, like I know God was trying to reach out to me, but I didn't, I had no concept of who God was, none whatsoever. I knew I had some issues. I knew I had alcohol and drug problems, but I couldn't face them. I couldn't face up to the things that were going on inside of me. So, you know, uh, one night I remember in a drunk fueled uh, driving home in my car, the police chasing me. I remember hitting a tree and I crashed and I went out through the windscreen. And I came back in again, and I had bent the steering wheel with my face. And and remember the police taking me to hospital uh, in the craziness of addiction and all that stuff. I remember, you know, I remember signing myself out of the out of the hospital, and um, uh, the next morning. And um, and I remember meeting my my I think it was my brother at the time. He he came to take the car away, and he said this to me. And these words resonate with me. He said, Dermot, there, ha- there should have been somebody. There had to be somebody in the car with you, because there's no way you should be alive. He had been collecting cars and stuff from crash, uh, you know, being out calling out to crash accidents and things. And he'd taken cars away so he'd understand what condition people would be in in the crash, the type of crash that I had. So those words resonated with me. So I, I began to try to get my life uh, back in, in some kind of control. Um, I had a brother who was an alcoholic. He'd been going to AA. So I tried to go to AA for a while. Uh, went to AA. Uh, was a difficult thing for me to admit that I had a problem. You know, uh, uh, in, even in my brokenness, I was still in, in denial. The fact, you know, even for me to sit in an A room in the, those meetings, I remember, and I, I hear people talking about, you know, I'm, oh, I'm an alcoholic. So, you know, even for me to say that, now, I, I, I did say it. I did come out and, and declare that I was an alcoholic, and, and I still didn't tell anyone about my drug addiction, you know. Um, so, but I, I didn't find any help. Now, I know A is a great program. I know lots of people who have got help from it. I know it's an amazing program. For me, this didn't work. I mean, I had a lot of anger in me. Uh, I had a lot of pride and denial. Um, so I remember, I remember them talking about God in those meetings. I remember going down City Catholic Church as God's I knew him, and I remember, you know, even shouting out to them there, "Who are God? You know, where are you? Who? If I heard him, can you help me? You know?" And these were the these were the things that were that was going on at the time. Um, but around that time of the accident, when I had when I went home, um, I remember one night uh, my grandmother had died. Uh, this is significant now because this is a place I came to um, 
Now, you know, I came to it through, through I suppose, desperation, really. Um, I came to a place of where, you know, I was so tired um, of living the life that I was living. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of what I was doing, what I, the life I'd be, the person I'd become. You know, I was a, a liar, a cheat. You know, I'd become this, this person um, who I didn't like at all. Um, so when I came to that place, and I remember one night after that crash, I was at home since I signed myself out of the hospital. Um, I remember, I remember crying out to God. I remember getting on my knees. This is so, so, so um, real to me. I remember getting on my knees and I remember crying out to God and I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, God, well, then you got to help me because I cannot live this life anymore. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I'm tired of addiction. I'm tired of secrets. I'm tired of the, of the lies. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. But you can help me, Lord. I ask you tonight to help me. And I remember, I always, you know, I joke sometimes, but of course it isn't a joke, but I, I joke sometimes like, you know, I remember taking the drugs I had and I threw them into the fire that night. And I said, that's it, I'm finished with this lifestyle. But you know, in my own strength, 15 minutes later, I was so, so disappointed and disgusted that I had thrown the drugs in the fire because my addiction kicked in again. And all I wanted was to take some drugs. Around that time, um, I'd managed to keep a job. I was working in the nighttime, and uh, the guy that I was working for, it was easy to work in the night because I could go in at a certain time in the evening, and I could do some work and slip away in the nighttime. Guys would slip away to the bar, or we'd just go away. You could take drugs openly, we were, you know, taking drugs in the work, and it, it was it was an easy place to 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 manage my lifestyle. Uh, but I remember he asked me to go to um, a town in, in Kerry, and to go down there and. Uh, he was taking over a contract. Uh, he was bringing a contract with the company that he was dealing with down to a guy in Kerry. And he wanted me to go and look after the paperwork. I actually think he felt sorry for me because he knew that I, you know, he had, he'd seen the state of me from the crash. He knew my lifestyle, I'd say. And in his um, kindness, uh, asked me, got me a chance to get out of where I was so I could uh, you know, just get away from the scene where I was. So when I went down there, I actually, this was, this was, this was amazing the way God works in your life. I went to this place and uh, I went to a, uh, a meeting one night. I was brought to a Christian meeting. And in that meeting, um, I remember, I'll never forget, on a Thursday night, I walked into this meeting. And I had meeting before. I had no concept of God. I was, I, I'd went to Mass sometimes, or I'd went to something like the Kissing of the Cross, they call it here in Ireland, on an Easter or something like that. But I had no concept of God whatsoever. Um, you know, I, my, my, my reality was that I, God to me was somebody who was, um, you know, uh, miles away in the sky and, uh, you know, that he was, uh, that he was a hard taskmaster, uh, you know, that he, 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 my understanding was that, you know, he, he controlled your life or he tried to control you. And if, if he didn't uh, yield to that, that he'd hurt you, you know? So that was my under understanding of God. So when I went to this meeting, I'd never been to a, a Christian meeting before. I went in, I remember sitting at the back and I said, I'd sit at the back because I felt a bit, you know, a lot of shame, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Um, you know, if they knew who I was, maybe they wouldn't want me here. But um, I remember the pastor standing up and uh, he began to speak. And he, he looked, I remember he was dressed in his suit. He looked pretty sharply at the Bible. He seemed to know what he was talking about. And he began to talk about Jesus in a way or in God in a way that I'd never heard before. And you know, it was people, it was a bit strange to me at the first, you know, people were putting their hands up and there was music playing, you know, and people put their hands up and it was a bit kind of different to me. Uh, but I, I felt something in that place 
that night things resonated with me in fact for the first time in my life I probably heard the gospel a part of the gospel I'd heard hope I, I'd heard there was a hope for you um, I'd never heard that before and it you know we know that you know uh, the truth of God's word when it penetrates your heart you know, it begins to give you freedom and hope rises in you. Uh, and for me, for the first time, a hope. Um, so that night was a good night. I, I, I never forget, I always joke afterwards, at the end of the night, the pastor was so good to me. He came down, he, they gave me tea and biscuits. At the end. I always joke with my friends, you know, there were chocolate biscuits. I love chocolate biscuits. I used to love chocolate biscuits. Uh, um, and they were so kind to me. So, again, I'd never experienced that kind of kindness before. I'd never experienced that kind of affection before. Uh, you know, I suppose, you know, my, in any, anybody I've been around or hung around or my, my social scene, people were looking for something from me all the time. Or you, ha- you were playing a game with, your, you know, with people. You know, you were trying to get something. You were always trying to smooth over people to maybe get something from them. Or they were trying to do the same to you. But I'd never had this kind of love before. I, I experienced first in my life, the first time ever, the love of Christ, the love of God. Um, and, you know, and, you know, as Christians, as believers, as people who represent God, uh, represent Christ, you know, we need to be like that. We need to represent God in that way. You know, we need to love people. We need to take people for where they're at, you know, um, and, and just accept them for where they are. And love on that because you know the Bible says God so loved us that He gave Jesus. You know God's, you know our our very nature now is the nature of love. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So the very nature of God is within us to love people, and we need to go the extra mile with people, you know, uh, and take that time to love on people because our first, that first experience from of, of of God through other people was really good and it really ministered to me. Um, so again, I left the meeting that night. It was again. It was a. I had experienced God. Um, I remember getting up the next morning, and uh, and my thought life again was. These thoughts are running around in my mind. I laugh now, but these are the thoughts are running around my mind, and they were like this. They were saying to me, this voice was telling me in my head, "You need to leave this place because you know you think you have problems. These people are reading Bibles. They're carrying Bibles. These people are crazy." You need to get away from them. Um, these were the thoughts that were happening in my mind. So I remember uh, sharing those thoughts with somebody, and they said to me, why don't you go back and talk to this pastor? So that afternoon, it was a Friday afternoon in a March, a Friday afternoon, was around 2 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. I rang the pastor who I had been with the night before, and he said, come over. So I drove from where I was to where he was, and it was a 30-minute car journey. For me, you now, I, I always say it like this, that was the best 30 minute car journey I've ever made. I had traveled many journeys uh, over my life of brokenness uh, and addiction. I traveled hours to buy drugs. I traveled hours to go to parties. I, I left bars at one o'clock in the morning and drove three hours to nightclubs. I did all this stuff to try and find something to quell the, pe- quell the, the, the anger and the brokenness in me, the, the, the storm that was going on inside of me. You know, I tried everything. I'd driven hours to go places. I, you know, I thought I could find it in drugs or in promiscuousness or in people or whatever. But this 30-minute car journey was the best car journey I've ever made. 
I remember going to the pastor and I arrived at his at his house. He had a, a home fellowship and he had built a church alongside his house. And um, I remember going into him and it was around three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, on a March Friday afternoon. Would, and if you're here in Ireland, you know, March weather, my mom used to say March uh, of many weathers. You could get anything in March. So, but I remember that specific, specific afternoon, it was hailstone and rain and it was windy. And I remember going into, his, into, into the fellowship and um, the pastor brought me into his office and he sat me in his chair. And again, I have to say to you, if my experience of a Christian, my first experience of this man was that he loved on me unconditionally. He began to share um, what God had done in his life. So as I sat down in that office that afternoon, he began to open up the Bible to me and he began to pour the word into me. He began to talk to me about uh, how I could have a new nature in Jesus Christ and how I was born into this world with a broken nature, with a nature that was a fallen nature. And that if I could put my trust or I could understand that Jesus came to give me a new life in him, to bring me back into fellowship with, with, with Father God, that God was actually a loving father. That he was a father that, that desired to give me a future and a hope. He was a father that, you know, he said in Jeremiah 29, he says, that, you know, he said, you know, know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, he said that, you know, he began to tell me that I was God's workmanship. I could be recreated in Christ Jesus for good works which God ordained beforehand that I should walk in those works. Um, you know, in Psalm 139, he began to talk to me about, you know, how I was formed. You know, days were fashioned for me. Yet, uh, you know, as before I was ever in my mother's womb, I was formed. My God, my Father formed me and fashioned days for me, written in a book that were all just ready for me to be to to experience in Him. You know, he talked about Romans. Uh, you know, he, he showed me there in Romans. He said, you know, that um, you know the wages of sin was death, but the the gift of God was eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that we'd all fallen short of, of the glory. We'd all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he began to pour the word into me like this. He began to show me scripture. And I realize now as a believer, as a person who's came along in Christ, what he was trying to do. He was absolutely operating in Mark chapter 4. You know, the Bible says that the sower sows the word. And he was beginning to sow the word into my heart. And you know, when the word is sown, the Bible says, in, uh, you know, in Isaiah 55, 11, it said, God said, my word that's sent forth from my mouth, uh, you know, it, 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 when it's sent forth, it will, it, you know, when it, it will accomplish what it pleased. It will perform the thing for which, it will accomplish the thing for which I sent it. So when we sow, when he was sowing the word into my heart, he was looking to set seeds of hope and deliverance and into my life. Um, he, he was sharing the gospel. He was speaking to me about the realities of, of heaven and the realities of hell. And that my life was under the influence, uh, according to Ephesians chapter 2, I was under the influence of the wicked one, um, you know, because I hadn't given my life to Christ. But when he was saying to me, in, according to Colossians chapter 2, if I gave my life to Jesus, I could have been taken out, I could be taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought over into the kingdom of, of uh, his dear son in his love. I could, be having, I could have a new life in Christ, you know. He began to speak to me about, you know, that, like like Paul wrote in, in, in 2 Corinthians that, you know, if any man be in Christ, he could be a new creation, that all things could pass away and all things become new. And this was outstanding for me. This was, I, I'd never heard this before. This is the first time I'd heard the gospel. And he began to pour the word into me like that. 
And he began to love on me. And, and, and the affection that he was showing me was from God. And the love of God. Do you know the Bible says that God's love never fails? His love never fails. And the Bible says that they, you know, the love of God, it covers a multitude of sins. You know, and for, for me, this was, a, this was extraordinary. This was, you know, I suppose in my brokenness, in my, all the stuff that would happen in my life that, I, that I'd swept under the carpet of my heart. That, you know, that I had put away in a place that I couldn't speak about. You know, the desire for me to even know God, uh, to know a father, you know, that I didn't have any father in my life. That desire within, within me, this man was loving on me and showing me the love of God. Well, you know, three hours passed very quickly in that place uh, when he was, you know, when he was speaking to me uh, about, about the love of Jesus and the love of the Father. And he, he invited me then to go out into the, into the sanctuary and to, um, to, uh, to make that confession for Christ. You know, in the book of Romans, uh, in chapter 10, Paul says that, you know, if you believe in your heart that Christ, uh, uh, that, that, that Jesus died, that he was risen again, that if you confess your mouth, he is Lord, you should be saved. So I went, I went out into the, into the sanctuary with, uh, with the pastor, and he said to me, Robert, are you ready to make a commitment for Christ in your life? And, I, and these are my words, and this is exactly what I said to him. I said, you know, I don't understand it all, but I know there's something in it, and I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And in that moment, I, I said a simple prayer. He said, say this after me, and I repeated after him. He said, I said, Jesus, uh, I make you the Lord of my life. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come and wash me in your blood. And Jesus, I invite you now into my heart. Come into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. And as I said that prayer, he began to lay hands on me. Now, I, I never had hands put on me, but he put his hands on me. And when he put his hands on me, I felt this heat come over my body. And I'll tell you now, in the goodness of God and the mercy of God, even when, I, you know, when, when he put his hands on me, just before I prayed, um, a guy, uh, actually a guy that was in, um, it, it was attending the church, was a mechanic at the time. He's now a pastor with a great church in Dublin, uh, John O'Hearn, um, Pastor John O'Hearn in all nations in Dublin. Um, he, he came, and when he came, he actually came to, 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 to catch me when I fell. God even provided a catcher for me that day, which is outstanding. I, 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 you know, I didn't really want to fall on the floor. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, so, I said the prayer, uh, he laid his hands on me, and when he did, I felt this heat come over my body. And when this heat came on me, I couldn't stand up, and I fell, and he caught me, and I laid me on the floor. And on that floor, something incredible happened to me. I began, I, I'll never forget, I, be, I just began to shake out on the floor. I was trembling and shaking. I'd never had an experience like that before, and, and, and you know, I had taken a lot, of, a lot of drugs, I'd taken a lot of stuff, you know, I drank a lot of alcohol, I had all kinds of experiences. But this experience was just phenomenal. I'd never had an experience, a euphoric experience on the floor. Um, you know, I tried to explain it. I actually, when I, I had my eyes closed, but when my eyes were closed, it was like my, 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 there was light filling my mind. That's the only way I can explain it. Um, you know, I sometimes try, try, sometimes try to explain it like this. As a young boy, me and my brother, we used to have a, um, a, a flashlight. Um, you know, when we were kids and we'd be under the blankets in the nighttime and we'd be shining under our, sh under our shirt. And, and when we put it on our eye with the light on, when our eye closed, we could see the red, the inside of our eyelid. 
and and that's what it was like for me when I was on the floor. I could I, I had my eyes closed, but yet I could see the inside of my eyes. It was like there was light in my mind. It was like my mind filled with light. That's the only explanation. I had the shaking and trembling on the floor. And I remember the pastor, he was praying as I now believe to be in the Holy Ghost. He was praying in this language I didn't understand, but now I understand what I'm praying in other tongues. And as he did that, um, something extraordinary happened to me. I mean, I was shaking on the floor and this euphoric feeling came over me. But when when he stopped, the, 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 my body was calm and I was lying on the floor. I got back up off the floor and I knew something had happened to me. I just knew something had happened to me. And really what had happened to me was God had, had taken me out of the kingdom of darkness and brought me over into the kingdom of his dear son and his love. I actually had some kind of a deliverance that day um, because I had been, to that point, I had been taking drugs for 13 years. I had been, uh, I suppose, a working alcoholic for, uh, for a long time. And God completely set me free. I went from having to take drugs every day to be completely set free. The actual compulsion, the desire to take drugs was completely taken out of my life. Um, I remember afterwards, I used to smoke maybe two packs of cigarettes a day. I tried to smoke afterwards and I couldn't do it. Um, I, 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 you know, when I take a cigarette, I, <coughs> I'd be caught. I just couldn't do it. I tried to drink alcohol afterwards and I, I tried hard afterwards even to, to drink, but I couldn't do it anymore. I, I remember that, you know, being in a bar after getting saved, uh, as I knew what happened to me now, I had been, I'd been saved according to the Bible, according to the word of God. I had been saved according to what Paul had written in the New Testament. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I was a new creation. I become a creation in Christ Jesus. And I was completely set free. I remember going to a bar and there was a party on and I tried to drink. And I remember God speaking to me. What are you doing in this place? I've delivered you from this to leave. And I remember people were, you know, people began. I was in a relationship at the time. And uh, this person was saying, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do this anymore? And I said, I can't do it because God has set me free from it. Uh, this is not, I'm not that person anymore. But this began a journey in my life of renewal and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I, I, I thank God for, for the pastor I had because the man, he was a man of the word, a man of faith and a man of the word who had been delivered from some stuff himself and had come through some very big trials in his own life personally and with great testimony to God. Um, he began to show me the very importance of the word and how to take the word and begin to confess it and, um, you know, proclaim it over your life. You know, to actually, you know, in Proverbs uh, chapter 18, it says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. But he who loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. That, that I had the very ability uh, to begin to, to either speak or proclaim death or life over my own life. And, he, you know, he began to show me, uh, you know, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, you know, that Paul speaking to the Roman church there. He said, you know, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. To present your body as a living sacrifice to God, which is holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what's the perfect and acceptable will of God for your life. So, uh, first of all, I understood that now that I had given my life to Christ, he had not only taken my heart, but I had to present my body to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him which was my reasonable service, and that by the renewing of my mind with God's word, I could be transformed. You know, that word there in the, in, in the Greek is the word metamorph, where we get the word for metamorphosize. 
that I could be, you know, um, I could be completely metamorphosized, like say, um, you know, the, the 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 caterpillar going into the into the cocoon, and when it turns into or metamorphosizes, it met, metamorphosizes into a beautiful butterfly. It's con its complete condition changes. Uh, you know, it goes from one entity to another. And this what the word was beginning that my pastor was teaching me that this what the word can do for you, because I realized that even though I had a miracle, even though I had been set free that I had to maintain that deliverance. I had to maintain it. And the battlefield was in my mind, in my thinking, because I had a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. But I'll tell you, you know, this is the truth of God's word. When we take God's word, you know, in Jeremiah, it says that God's word is like, you know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians there, chapter 10 and verse 3, 4 and 5, he talked about, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places that we take every thought captive and bring it now to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we know in, in John chapter 1, the Bible teaches that Jesus is the word. And when we bring our thoughts captive to God's word, that we can be metamorphosized, can be completely transformed by the renewing of our mind with God's word. That the, the God's word is like the washing of water. It washes us our thinking out. So I had I began the journey with the help of my pastor to begin to transform and renew my thinking because I, I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. I had a lot of strongholds in my thinking. Um, you know, even to this day, I believe God is like for any of us. We're in a we're in a, a place where we're being um, metamorphosized, where we're being renewed or transformed. This is the truth of God's word. Um, you know, so the mercy of God is so amazing. You know, as you begin to yield your life to God, um, as you begin to give your life to him, you know, the reality of now being a new creation in Christ Jesus, that I had been set free, completely set free from the life of darkness and addiction over into a new life. You know, in, 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 you know I could really relate to the Apostle Paul, you know, on the road to Damascus, here you had a man who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he called himself, um, a religious man, a man full of religion, had a concept of God, but didn't really know the reality of, of God. Um, but yet on the road to Damascus, when he had an encounter with Jesus, you know, that famous encounter he had with Jesus, Jesus, you know, he got born again on that road that day, and his life was completely transformed. A man that went from, you know, hurting other people, from, you know, the man that, that, that stood at the feet of the people who stoned um, Stephen, the martyr, held the clothes of the men that stoned him, you know, who had locked up and killed Christians, had done all kinds of stuff. Yet in Acts chapter 13, Paul, you'll see there, I think it's around verse 26 or so, Saul, who, was, who, who became the apostle Paul, changed his name from Saul to Paul. Because he had a new creation reality, he had an, an understanding that he was no longer Paul who lived now, according to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It was no longer Paul who lived, it was Christ who lived in him. And the life that he now led was uh, that he lived by faith in the Son of God who loved him and gave himself for him. That in 2 Corinthians 5.17 was the reality as he spoke to the Corinthian church. He said, you know, he said, um, you know, he said to him there, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have became new. That his old man had died. That man, that Paul, that Saul had died on the road to Damascus. And there was a resurrection of a new man in Christ. 
which was the new creation reality, I began to understand this reality. The reality of knowing that your old man is dead and that man was, that, 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 that Dermot Landy died on that floor on that March evening at six o'clock on that rainy hailstone March evening in 2001, that, that Dermot Landy died on the floor and a new creation was born. A new man rose up in Christ Jesus and began the process of renewing the reality, renewing his mind to the reality of who he could be and who he actually is in Christ Jesus and the way God sees us now. This is a tremendous teaching. This is a tremendous truth that maybe, you know, a lot of people um, need to understand that it, it's a difficult walk. I understand because for me, it was an, a, a difficult time. Uh, you know, I had to go through a lot of stuff. I had, I had a lot of wrong thinking, uh, darkness in my mind. Uh, you know, I had yielded my life to a lot of things. You know, actually, you know, uh, one of the hardest addictions in my life to break was pornography. I was, I was absolutely addicted to it. Uh, and after becoming a believer, that was, that was the hardest one to break for me uh, in, in the sense that using the word, I had to become very, very, um, you know, I became accountable, of course. Um, you know, I remember the shame and the guilt of when I'd fall to that, 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 that sin in my life. I remember the, 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 just the absolute guilt and the shame of falling to that in my life, even as a believer, and overriding the Holy Spirit in my life to fall into condemnation by the enemy. Um, but, you know, in Matthew, Jesus said, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, chop it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. So I had to become um, absolutely violent against that sin in my life. I had, according to Peter, to humble myself under the hand to God, to mighty hand of God, resist the devil, and he would flee from me. So I began to, to you know, understand that, you know, that the, the, the flesh, my flesh, according to Galatians, wanted these things, you know. So I had to learn how to, to, to present my body to God as a living sacrifice. So I got violent in my life. I, you know, I did, I got rid of my teeth. You know, I, I, I got rid of my, my phone and I got really violent with it in the sense that I submitted my life to, to humble myself to, to the mighty hand of God and I submitted to God in that area and I seen that broken in my life and today I walk completely free you know um, in, in, in Job there I believe it's in, in uh, I, I believe it's in Job there it says that I've made a covenant with my eyes that I'm not sin against you Lord you know it's possible to make a covenant with your eyes with God that you may not sin against him um, you know so th these things I began to break in my life. I began to break them in my life by the power of the Holy Spirit, true prayer and the word. But it was submission to the word that, that really began to see breakthrough in my life. And I can tell you, it, it is a journey. You know, as I speak to people all over the, the places, I do meetings, I go on the streets, as I, you know, as I travel around, I speak to people, I meet people. Even, even to, as last night, I spoke to two young guys, you know, who were in a, just came to Christ in the sense they've been committed their life to Christ, uh, going through these things. But, you know, as I say to them, you know, the only way is to humble yourself to God's word and begin to allow God to change you um, and to understand that even in your brokenness, even in if you fall, if you sin, you know, according to 1 John 1 verse 9, you, you have, uh, you know, you can confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive you of any sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, that there is uh, mercy in God, you know, he loves us with an, un an everlasting love. That even in your brokenness, even ever before, before you ever knew God, even in your sin, even in your darkness, 
even when you're under the control of the wicked one, that God loved you and had an amazing plan for you. And that same love does never change, even when you give your heart to Christ. That the same love he loved you with now is the same, before you came to Christ, is the very same love that he loves you with now. It's an unconditional love. It's, a, it's an agape, hasid, you know, a love of God. Um, you know, and, and it's, a, it's, an, it's, an, it's an amazing love. Um, but you know, I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing to begin to surrender your life to him. Um, you know, just just a testimony again on the things of my father. That that issue with my dad, you know, when he had left, I, mean, I remember telling people, you know, this is going to help some of you here tonight. I believe this by the Spirit of God. This is going to really minister to some people out here tonight because, you know, the, the, the sin of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is, you know, is the blocker to it's 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 what blocks up your 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 con, your your flow in the holy spirit or your connection that sense of righteousness with god even though your righteousness never changes because it's no longer your righteousness you know it's not by works of righteousness it's by jesus the righteousness that's found in jesus christ that comes by faith paul said we are now the righteousness of god in christ jesus but that sense of your communication or your fellowship with god that that unforgiveness can break that you know, and the enemy can use it as a foothold or, a, or, a, or as a, a stepping stone into your life. And I remember, you know, um, I was reading, I believe in, it's in the book of, uh, I think it's in the book of Galatians there. Uh, it says there, you know, to honor your father and your mother. I was just sitting in church one day and I, you know, God was dealing with me in some things in my life. And um, he was beginning to speak to me about certain things. And my father was one of the things, you know, um, you know, I had, I used to tell people that he was dead. You know, I didn't, I, I remember when he left home, I I, vis, I met him once after that, I think. I went to visit him. He was living in a, in a kind of a caravan on the side of the road and uh, in a laneway off the main road. Uh, and I went to visit him. And uh, that was the last time I physically met him, uh, say, in the sense that I spoke to him. Um, but he went to live in a town near where I lived. And he moved in with another woman and their children. And, uh, and my father had done a lot of crazy things in our lives. You know, he had all kinds of abuse in my house, stuff that I can't really go into here on radio, but a lot of hard stuff and hurt our family, um, you know, but yet I, I, I deserve to have a relationship with him because he was my father. And I knew that, you know, for me to have, um, for me to move on in my life, for me to have breakthrough in that area, I needed to forgive him. I mean, I remember meeting him, uh, you know, seeing him, maybe he'd cycle around or he'd, he had a motorbike or he'd be drunk on the street. I'd pass him, I'd cross the other side and I'd ignore him because I just had a hatred for him. Um, but it was 25 years and I had never spoken to him. And I remember praying that prayer simply just as I read the Bible that day. I said, Lord, I can honor my mother, but I don't know where. How can I honor my father when I don't know where he is? And um, so it was interesting, you know, within three weeks of that simple prayer, I remember visiting my mom and there was a neighbor of ours who went to a local um he had some problems with, with his mind and he used to go to a local mental home uh, and he used to get an injection there once a month or something. He'd go there for treatment. And when he was there, he came back and he visited my mom and he said, um, you know, I've met, uh, I met you, I've met Richard Landy. Uh, in, 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 He's he seen him in the mental home. So I found out within three weeks of that simple prayer where he was and I went to visit him. And when I went to visit him, I remember it went in and it was a horrible place. It was a lockup, you know, and I'd been in that place before. And uh, so I, I, it was a really horrible place. And they, I asked for him and they brought him out. It was locked down and they brought him out. And he had lost his mind from drinking. He had a thing called a wet brain. 
and he didn't really know anything. He, he, very, he could very, barely communicate. But I remember when I, uh, he sat down for the first time in 25 years, I sat in front of my, my, earthly, my earthly dad and, um, and I looked at him. And, you know, I gave thanks to God for the grace that he had delivered me from my lifestyle because where I was heading was where my father, my earthly dad was sitting. And uh, I sat down with him that day and I began to talk to him. And, you know, God did an incredible thing. Um, I forgave my, my, my dad. I asked him to forgive me for hating him. And he forgave me after a time of praying with him. He came back to his right mind and I led him to Jesus. He was, he was born again and we went, he was, he was moved from that place and he went out to a, a lovely retirement home and I spent three years with him there. I used to visit him on a regular occasions and we'd talk and communicate and uh, he had came back to his right mind. So the mercy of God that brought me back to a place where he knew that unforgiveness in me was stopping me from moving on with him in my life. And I was able to forgive my father. What, what a beautiful grace that was. What a wonderful, um, you know, grace that was that God allowed me, allowed that to happen in our life. And, you know, it was, a, it was an incredible testimony of God's grace and restoration. And the Bible says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You know, reconciliation. You know, I, I would say to you tonight, if you're, if you're out there and you, you're not reconciled in some areas of your life with people or family, or whatever it might be, you know, do your best to reconcile that. You know, if you if you if you have unforgiveness towards somebody, or you know, or you, you you need to forgive them tonight. You need to ask. You need to say, God, you need to come to God with that and say, Lord, I want to forgive that person. And as an act of your will, as an act of your faith, forgive them. Whether that person is dead now or maybe they're living, just forgive them. Do your best to forgive. Do your best to make it right. If you can't make it right. That person doesn't want to, you know, if they want to want to make it right with you, don't let that, just, um, you know, the fact that they don't want to make it right with you disturb or, you know, um, take you off your walk with God. You begin to still just forgive them and move on with God and let him, let go and let God, let him to God, um, you know, let God do a work in them. You just keep your heart right before the Lord. This, the, the, I believe that that's that's for someone out there tonight. If you're if you if you have that in your life, just bring it to God. Ask the Lord to forgive you, forgive that person, forgive those people, whatever it might be, and uh, and just let go and let God. And you know, you know, God is so amazing. You know, He's brought incredible people into my life. Um, you know, now, um, you know, we I, I'm married uh, to a beautiful woman called uh, Guna. She's um, from Latvia. Um, you know, which is another incredible testimony how we met. Um, I'll share it quickly with you. We met through a memorial service. Um, you know, while I was in church and raised up in the things of God, um, you know, I was I was serving God in the worship team, and there was a girl there called Inga who was uh, dating a guy who was on the worship team, and um, they were getting engaged and they were about to marry. And Inga returned to the to Latvia, but unfortunately, um, she she died in Latvia. And, uh, and um, you know, it was a terrible time. And, you know, the family, uh, we wanted to have a memorial service here in Ireland for, for the family, uh, for her life, uh, for the people who are here that couldn't travel to Latvia for the funeral. And we invited her mom to come here. And my beautiful wife, Guna, came to translate for her. She was a translator in, 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 um, in Latvia. There she would translate uh, for them 
and uh, did all kinds of work and ran schools, uh, you know, did all kinds of ch- children's camps and youth clubs and all this stuff. Um, she came to, to translate for her mum. And I'd been believing God for a wife, uh, you know, because I had made a lot of wrong decisions in my life. I'd made a lot, you know, I'd, I'd been through a divorce, you know, um, so I had a lot of, lot of wrong choices. Uh, male decisions uh, according to uh, what Abraham did. I did a very similar thing. Uh, you know, I created Ishmael's in my life when I wasn't walking in God's plan. Um, so, you know, she came. Uh, I met her on Thursday night. She came to translate for, for, for Inga's mom. And I just knew that she was the one. And we began to develop a relationship across the water through, uh, through Facebook and Messenger and my phone, which my bills were crazy, but praise the Lord. And um, uh, it was well worth every cent. Um, and, you know, we got married uh, six years ago now, and uh, or sorry, four years ago, and we have a beautiful baby now called Rebecca Grace, who is going to be a year old on this the 24th of, de- of December. So we're really pleased. So God is such a restorer. You know, he's the God of restoration. Uh, and when you yield your life to him, he has a plan for you. Even though you might have missed it before, whatever happened in your life, God, it, repentance with God doesn't change his plan A for you, you know. Um, so, yeah, so our life now is, you know, we, we, we've been, been to, um, you know, we went to Rhema. Uh, we gra- I graduated from Rhema, you know, went to Rhema for three years, Rhema Bible College, Pastor Kenneth uh, W.E. Hagen, uh, uh, Pastor Kenneth E. Hagen, you know, Brother Hagen was going to be the Lord now. Um, you know, uh, Dad Hagen, as he's known uh, throughout the Rhema family. Uh, you know, I was raised up on the word of faith, you know, um, taking God at his word, believing God, what he says he'll do, you know. Um, so we, uh, I felt a call to, to, to Bible school, Bible college, went there, graduated, and now um, stepped out into ministry, um, you know. Uh, so God has been so faithful to my life. You know, I want to I wanna encourage you tonight. No matter what you've been through, you know, no matter what's happened in your life, if you if you just give your life to Jesus Christ, if you just repent and believe the gospel, you know, the gospel that Paul preached in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 6, he said, this is the gospel uh, that I preach that was not given to me by men, but given to me by the Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for your sin and that he, 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 he died on that cross and the cross took care of our sin. And that he, when, when he when it was taken up on the cross, he was buried in the grave. He was put into the tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. And if you can, if you believe he was born of a virgin, if you can believe that he died and accept his sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection and his ascension, the Bible says that you can be born again, that you can have a new life in him, that you can be taken out of where you are, out of the darkness and over into the light. Um, you know, for me, you know, God has been so faithful, such a faithful father. You know, as I yield my life to him more, as I begin to yield my, my life to him, he's so faithful in everything that he does. You know, every every word that he's promised me, every word he's promised me is yes and amen in the Bible to him. When I when I present his word to him, when I come to him with his word and I say, God, you know, this is what you've promised. He's faithful and just to 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 for to you know to um fulfill that word. And to bring it to pass, you know, it says in First uh, John four verses 15, fourteen and fifteen, there it says, or five verses fourteen and fifteen, it says, you know, so we ask anything. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And the Bible says in verse eight, if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. 
You know, in John 14, he said, if you ask anything in Jesus' name, you know, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. You know, God is faithful when we come to him and ask him. Repentance is where it all begins. And, and, and you know, and then understanding that your past is dead. You know, I often put it like this, that, you know, you have to have a funeral with your past. You know, you have to take your past. You know, I advise you tonight, put your past into a box, bring it out the back, dig a hole, put it into a grave, light a candle if you want to. If you want to be religious, light a candle and bury your past because your past is being washed away by the blood of Jesus. That it's you, you have your future is bright in Christ and that God every day is a new day in him. Every day is a completely new day. Every day is a new beginning. You know, you know, uh, we had the privilege to co-plant a church, you know, Camero Rema. Uh, we co-planted a church with another couple uh, called New Beginnings. It's the first church we planted. Uh, and God led us to come out of there. So we're on the road now as evangelists. Um, you know, we partnered with, uh, with uh, Life Triumphant Church in, 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 uh, in Derry, Northern Ireland, uh, you know, to try to help them to plant some churches. But most of our time now is, is, is traveling and preaching the gospel. And this is what, you know, you know, in those early days when I heard that God had a plan for my life, that I, I was his workmanship recreating Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. You know, God's work for me, God's plan for me was to call me to the ministry. His plan for my life was to call me to be an evangelist, to go and preach the gospel, to begin to declare truth into people's lives, to go on to, uh, you know, to begin to shine the light of the gospel, to call people out of darkness in his name and bring him over into the kingdom of, 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 uh, of God. You know, um, I'm, you know, I often preach out of John chapter 11. You know, when Mary and Martha, um, you know, uh, when they had a problem, when their, when their brother uh, Lazarus uh, was sick, they did the right thing. They did the only thing that they knew to do. They called on Jesus. And, you know, Jesus got a word from the Father. He said, this sickness will not be unto death, but to the glory of God. You know, I want to encourage you tonight. If you are in trouble, if you've got bad news and it's came to your door, maybe it's sickness, maybe it's depression, maybe it's like me, maybe it's destruction through addiction, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's abuse, maybe it's sexual abuse, maybe you're the victim, maybe you're the perpetrator, maybe whatever you are, I want to say to you tonight that it, whatever you are, if there's trouble in your life, do like Mary and Martha did. They called for Jesus and Jesus came. And, you know, when you read in John chapter 11, Jesus, uh, you know, they brought Jesus to the tomb where Lazarus had died and was buried in the tomb in the darkness. Uh, you know, the Bible says that, that, that he was in that place four days. Maybe you feel like it's a lifetime where you are at the moment. Maybe you feel you're in a place four days going through the, through the darkness. Maybe you feel like Lazarus in that tomb that, you know, the Bible says he was wrapped up in all kinds of bandages, you know, to, that he was mummified in a sense. Maybe you feel like you're mummified in your sin. Maybe you feel you're such a dark place that, that you, there's no, no escape for you. But I want to tell you tonight that somebody can bring Jesus to the door of your life. Tonight, even through this cast, through this, this interview, through this um, live stream, through the radio, through the radio waves, I want to encourage you tonight. I'm bringing Jesus to the door of your life. You know, the Bible says that when Martha and Mary brought Jesus, you know, to, to, to the tomb that day, um, Jesus said uh, something that, which is very important to the church right now. He said something that was extremely important to us as believers. He said to them, you roll away the stone. And when they rolled the stone away, Jesus called Lazarus out. He called him by name. 
And I want to encourage you tonight. I'm here at the door of your life. I've brought, I'm bringing Jesus tonight to your life. I'm bringing him right to the door of your life tonight. And I'm rolling away with the use of God's word. I'm rolling away the stone from your heart. To, from, the, from the darkness in your life. So that Jesus is calling your name to come out. He's calling your name to come out of the darkness. And, you know, maybe your name is Mary. Maybe your name is John tonight. Maybe your name is Philip or maybe you're Angie or, or, you know, Josh or whatever your name is. Maybe whatever your name is out there tonight. God knows your name. If you don't know Christ, I want to say this to you tonight. That Jesus is standing over the door of your life tonight. And the Bible says that he knocks on the door that you might open it and let him enter in. Will you open the door to your your life tonight? I'm rolling and helping you to roll away the stone tonight to allow Jesus to come into your life. Because when he calls you, he knows you by name. Before you're even a thought in your mother's or father's mind, God knew you by name. He knows the very hairs on your head tonight. He, He knows you by name. He created you. He knows the purpose for your life. What you're in at the what you're doing at the moment is not what God has planned for your life. So I, I'm saying to you tonight, by the by the power of uh, and the ministry of an evangelist, by the anointing of Jesus Christ, I'm saying to you that Jesus standing at the door of your life and He's calling you out. Will you answer that call? Will you come out of the darkness? Because like 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 Lazarus, in that if you read it in the book of John, chapter eleven. You'll see verse 45 and verse 46 there, I believe. It says that when they rolled the stone away, Jesus called Lazarus, and Lazarus rose up and walked out of the darkness into the light. I'm saying to you tonight that Jesus is calling you out of the darkness. Will you come out of the darkness tonight? I believe there's some people listening to this, and you're even as believers, you know, it's amazing to me, even as a believer, when I came out of the darkness, even though I had a miracle in my life, I came out of the darkness of the, you know, the Bible says that, you know, that we were dead, uh, Paul speaks about in the book of Romans, that we were dead in our sins, you know, that we we were dead in our sins, we were dead in the dark, in our sins, like Lazarus, we were, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, he was out, had bound hands, and the Bible says that Jesus said to them, "You loose him and let him go." When Jesus, when when he was resurrected back to a new man, that the job of the pastor or the job of the church was to unwrap the believer. And maybe that's where you know you've come out. Maybe you're a Christian tonight. You've you you've came out into the light, but yet you have some things that you've been unwrapped from by the Holy Spirit. You know, you maybe have shame or guilt on you tonight. Maybe you're being bound up with, with, with some kind of an addiction. Maybe it's uh, something that's been passed on to you through your family. You know, maybe it's uh, shame or guilt. It's, maybe it's guilt of past mistakes and sins. Um, maybe it's recurring thoughts of failure. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's abuse. Whatever it may be, whatever the enemy, whatever he's put on you, whatever the circumstances of life have put on you, have wrapped you in. I want to tell you tonight that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God and the whole, and Jesus want to unwrap you. They want to unwrap you. Why? Because Paul said that, you know, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that the new man in you, you're, it's a process of unwrapping. And as we walk with, with God, as we come out of the darkness and we walk into the light of the glorious gospel and we see, uh, you know, you know, we, we, we begin to see ourselves, like James says, we look into the perfect law of liberty, into God's word, uh, we're not become, uh, you know, don't forget who we are. Don't become, um, you know, don't be, don't be just a hero only, uh, but be a doer of the word. 
uh, uh, and getting who you really are. You know, when you look into the, the perfect law of liberty, you begin to see who you are in Christ. And the unwrapping process starts. You know, that day when Lazarus came out, there was an unwrapping had to do, be done. You know, and he had been in it four days, and it might have been, forgive me now, but it might have been a bit smelly. It might have been stinking a bit, because maybe some things in your life stink from your past, or maybe you're going through some stuff that's stinking. But if you will allow the Holy Spirit, and you humble yourself to God, and you come into a church, or a pastor, or a youth leader, or a youth group leader, or a, um, somebody in your life who you can allow, who knows the Holy Spirit, and knows how to pray, and by the power and the, of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, begin to unwrap your life. Because inside of that brokenness, inside of the unwrapping, there's a Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and, and I, I want to really just say that to you tonight. If you're in that place, I'm calling you out tonight. Come out of the darkness. Come over into the light. And that's where I am, you know. And I believe every one of us, you know, we're, we're in an unwrapping uh, in our life. You know, we've been unwrapped by the Holy Spirit to, to really represent Christ Jesus. To, to show and present to the world, you know, you know, if you, if you, I don't know if you've ever um, noticed or ever came across, um, you know, somebody who might went through a program to lose weight or they might have went to a stylist and they changed their whole style. And, you know, they stand behind a curtain uh, at the end of their, their, their time of, you know, whether it be a, a diet plan or a program to change or transform their life, you know, they, 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 they're, they're waiting uh, at the end of, a, uh, of, the, of the time that they've went through, they stand behind a curtain to be presented the new person. Well, I'll tell you tonight that that's what God has for you. You're, God wants to represent Christ through you to the world, the new you, the person who you became now in Christ Jesus. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, when, when uh, you're being taught those truths of, of transforming your mind and, and uh, you know, finding out who you are in Christ. And being unwrapped in a sense, uh, and being presented in Christ Jesus as a new person, as a total new recreation in Jesus, I tell you, it's liberating. And uh, I want to encourage you tonight that God has an amazing plan for you. Uh, and I, I'd really, you know, even speak to you tonight if you're on the, in the unwrapping process, and maybe you're finding it a bit difficult. Because I'm sure that, you know, some of the thoughts that they unwrapped uh, John, uh, sorry, when, when Lazarus was being unwrapped that day, that some of the things had, you know, caked into his, into his skin, skin, you know, the, 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 all the spices and the herbs and the, in the mirror and whatever they had inside of those uh, bandages or those wraps that he had around him, you know, that maybe it was a bit difficult to take them off. And you could be going through a process where God is unwrapping you. And then you might be finding that a bit difficult. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus never came to hurt us. He came to give his life. It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the unwrapping, you know, some of the stuff that you may be involved in in your life, that you've allowed the enemy to wrap you or bind you, you know, that can be difficult to unwrap. But if, you, if you're going through that process and you're feeling some pain in it, cry out to God. Be like blind Bartimaeus on the road to Jericho, you know. He, he just begin to cry out to Jesus. There's somebody here uh, on here tonight. You need to get on your knees and begin to cry out to God again. If you're a Christian, maybe you've lost your your sense of you know tr because of some stuff you've allowed into your life that you know you felt the presence of God that you're going through a process now of unwrapping. I I, I really encourage you cry out to Jesus. He's he's at the end of that cry. He's at the end of that fake cry, and he has an incredible. I'm telling you, he has an incredible time of. Uh, you know, deliverance and love for your life and just an incredible life for you. Uh, you know, one of the greatest 
uh, unwrappings I think that we go through as believers is is you know like you know the the religion the veil of religion the mindset of religion you know uh, like like Lazarus again he had a veil over his face you know and religion can veil us from the things of Christ you know we can fall into religion and I, and I can say to you here honestly that after I got saved I became religious for a while you know I fell into religion because of the some of the things I was exposed to and because of a wrong mindset I became religious but it was only through uh, allowing God to unwrap the unreligion, the religion in me and having more encounters with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I began to find freedom in that area. And I'm saying to you tonight, don't let religion block you or veil you from seeing the real Jesus. Because religion, you know, I preached a, I preached a message once that religion is like kryptonite. You know, when, when Superman, uh, you know, Superman, we all know Superman, you know, he incredible powers, you know, he flew around the world, you know, bounced over buildings and he could you know, uh, stop a speeding bullet, you know, he could catch lightning, you know, he got all these powers, but yet when kryptonite was put into his life, he was drained. He still had the powers, but the kryptonite drained him of, of the, uh, it, 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 it drained him of the power that he had before the kryptonite came. And you see, religion is like kryptonite. Religion will drain the power of God in your life. It will actually, you can wear the suit like Superman, you can have all the, the outward appearance of a Christian, but yet religion that's gone into your life it has become um, the kryptonite that's began to stop your life. It's began to drain the power. You know, the Bible says that it has religion, like, you know, it, it, it denies, it, it has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. It denies the power of Christ in your life. So uh, I'm saying to you tonight, if you're, if you're there, maybe you've come religious, be honest with yourself, be honest with God. If you've fallen into that religious place, repent. Repentance is the way out. Once you repent, you can come out of that and begin to apply and allow God to begin to change your thinking and give it to Christ. Um, you know, so I really pray for you tonight that, that you would just begin to open your heart to Jesus Christ. You know, in fact, actually, let me let me just pray with you right there on that, because I feel the anointing to pray. So let's just pray together. If you're out there tonight, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would be, if you're going to an unwrapping, if you're stuck in religion, maybe you've fallen into a religious mindset. Maybe you're, you, know, you go to a, uh, one way of knowing religion is when you go to a church and things are being done differently and it begins to upset you on the inside or begin to upset your thinking, upset your thinking. You have to check and see, have you been fallen into a religious mindset? But I want to pray for you. If you fall into that, I want to pray for you tonight. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ tonight. If you don't know Jesus, I want to pray that you would invite him into your life, that you would invite him into your heart tonight. Because only in Christ Jesus is there true freedom. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way. John 14, it says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So these three things tell me that the, if Jesus is the way, well, then there has to be a wrong way. If he, uh, if he is the truth, well, then there has to be lies. If he's the life, then there has to be death. So I want to say to you tonight that Jesus is the way, he's the truth and the life. And to, to come into Christ, it's simple. You just ask, you repent, you know, you, you, you say, Jesus, your simple prayer is pray with me tonight. Say, Jesus, I ask you into my life tonight. I repent of my sin. I repent of my religion. I repent of my of my wrong thinking, of my uh, stubbornness, of my pride, of my arrogance. I, I repent of of, my, of the secret sin I've been, even as a Christian, 
things that I've been doing. I know that are wrong. I repent of them tonight, Jesus. And I ask you, Father, I come to you and I ask you to wash me in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. To come. Your word says, Lord, if I confess my sin, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So tonight I ask you to wash me with your precious blood. You have to say that out, right, out loud right now. Say that with me, Jesus. I wash me. Say, Father God, wash me with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Repent of my sin. I step over into, the new, into a new life with you. Father, help me. I make you, Jesus, the Lord of my life tonight. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. And if it's the first time, I pray that, Lord, that ask the Lord, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit tonight. And I thank you. I fully expect to pray in another tongue, in another language. And I thank you for an encounter, with a real encounter with you tonight, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you would bring me now from glory to glory, from faith to faith, that I begin to walk in the fullness of the statue of the knowledge of you. Like Paul prayed, Father, I pray tonight that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that we would know the length and the depth and the breadth and the height of the love that you have for us, that we'd never be the same again. Father, that you, that, you know, you said, um, you know, in, in, in Isaiah, you said that, that you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you, Lord. So, Father, we fix our mind on you tonight. Like you said in Galatians, that we fix our mind on things above and not on things of the earth. So, Father, help us to walk with you, Holy Spirit. Help us and guide us. Holy Spirit, teach us, lead us into the fullness of God, as Paul prayed, Lord. And, Father, tonight I pray that you would uh, answer every, every cry of every heart tonight, God. Lord, I ask you to heal broken bodies tonight. Father, I pray for that eye that's, that's, that's not working, Lord. I believe, I just hear by the Spirit tonight, that maybe there's somebody there with, a, with an eye, a left eye, that's not working tonight, that you're having problems with it, maybe bloodshot or, or, or whatever it might be. Father, I pray that you would just restore that eye tonight in Jesus' name. I just declare healing and I release the anointing for healing right now over that eye in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray into arthritis. I just rebuke arthritis tonight over people's bodies, Lord, in Jesus' name over joints and ligaments, Father God, it's come against any kind of pain in bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for backs. I, I just sense in my heart right now, Lord, somebody there, Father God, with a back problem on it's a disc problem in your, I believe it's on your left-hand side. I just decree and declare by the name of Jesus, I declare healing into that right now in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name tonight. Father, I pray for those people, Father, for those who can pay your mortgage tonight, that you're in debt behind and you're struggling with your bills. I believe God is speaking to you tonight. The Bible says that if you submit your way to the Lord, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. He'll, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Even in your finances, he will direct your paths. That honor the Lord with your first fruit of your increase. With, uh, and, you know, honor the Lord with, with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. And he'll fill your barns with plenty. And he'll, you'll overflow He'll overflow with new wine in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray for those who are in debt tonight, those who are struggling with finances. Father, ask for a miracle. Ask for a breakthrough, Lord. Ask you, Lord, that you would show up in a mighty way through the power of your Holy Spirit through finances, Lord. Father, those who are believing you for homes and for, for, for godly homes, Father, I pray, Lord, I come in agreement with, my, with them tonight. I declare and decree, Lord, that you just bring new homes, Father God, that you begin to speak to people on their behalf, uh, is it, whether it be the bank or the loan company or whatever it might be, Lord, you bring favor there, Lord. We know that your word says that you surround us with favors with a shield, Lord. I declare favor over the lives tonight in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would just touch uh, families tonight, reconcile and restore families, Lord. 
that you would bring back siblings and parents and, uh, and family members that you would bring it back Lord. and father that you would just completely wash away every every guilt and our shame uh, everything the enemy is trying to do lord we just rebuke it in your name tonight jesus and we pray lord that you would just do a work a mighty work lord in jesus name and father i, I really sense father to come against depression tonight spirit of depression that's trying to come on people lord us come against that 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 that, that depression lord spirit of it, but we bind you in the name of jesus and we declare your, 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 we just declare you to, and and uh, and to uh, completely stop in your maneuvers against uh, the people of God and those who are com- you're coming against tonight in Jesus' name. And I declare freedom over this, uh, over this radio show. I declare and talk show. I declare freedom from depression in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you tonight. Yes, Father, we come against influenza in the name of Jesus. We come against that sickness in Jesus' name and declare healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I just praise you for broken bones to be repaired tonight. And Lord, I just release, again, I just release the anointing for healing right now in the name of Jesus over every person listening, Father. And a fresh touch, if you're, if you're just out there tonight, just, just lift your hands up right now. Oh, Father, just, just a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit just to, to come into the life, Father, just to, just to touch and fill and refresh every person tonight under the sound of my voice father and father we thank you and we praise you for this in, in the mighty name of jesus and we honor you lord in this tonight in jesus name well praise god i'm believing that this is a helping you tonight i'm believing that god has a, an incredible plan again for your life so you know um i believe deborah is still there so you know maybe you want to call in maybe you want to text in maybe you want to just ring in or whatever maybe you want to message on facebook you know if you want to contact us uh, you know, our ministry is Landy Ministries, uh, at, uh, you know, www.landyministries.com. Uh, you can email me there on uh, info at landyministries.com or you can connect with us, um, you know, on 087. It's my RE cell number. It's uh, 087-180-4548. Um, you know, uh, if you're looking for us to maybe minister in your church or come to your group or Whatever it might be, whatever you want, maybe you just want uh, to pray, maybe you want to talk about addiction or you want help in that area, you can contact us through our Facebook page, uh, you know, give us a call on the cell or, you know, give us an email or go just log on to our website, landingministries.com uh, and uh, we're here to help you. You know, we love God. We love Jesus. Uh, we believe that, that Jesus is in the, in the, in, still in the, in the business of restoring and healing and delivery and uh, we're just, we just love him. We're sold out to him. We love him. Uh, and uh, we just bless him tonight and bless you guys tonight. So, uh, yeah, Deborah, if you're still there, um, maybe you want to uh, jump back in there and we we'll, can have here. a chat. <laughs> well, praise I God. I am here. That's very, very powerful. My goodness. I'm just blown away. That's a really powerful testimony to God's grace and his, his goodness and his mercy and how he sees us through things and gets us out of things that we we can't do for ourselves. He never gives up on us. You know, right. I mean, you've been through so much, you know, and God, he was He was with you every single second through all of it, and he never gave up on you because he saw, he saw the finished product. He saw who you are today, and he saw what yeah. you're doing right now, and he sees what you have been doing, and, and, and uh, it's beautiful. Wow, yeah, well, pra- praise God. Yes, you're right, um, Deborah, you know. That's the father we serve, you know. He he you know, he knows the beginning from the end. 
you know, even in our mess, even in our mistakes, God still sees the finished product. And I, I love the way, you know, um, a wonderful man of God uh, who was in, 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 who taught us, he, he said something one day, he said, you know, God's plan A never changes. You know, we might think that we're going to go a plan B or a plan C, but God's plan never changes for our lives because he knows the beginning from the end. And as we said there, you know, he, he knows that, that um, you know, before we were ever created in our mother's womb, he had days fashioned for us, written in a book that we should walk him out. Uh, so he knows that. So what we do is, yes, you're right. We, we come, you know, we submit ourselves to, to the word, to God, to Christ, uh, to the Holy Spirit, and begin to allow God to, to um, you know, just put our life on the altar and allow him to walk in us. Amen. Amen. You know, I was thinking about, um, uh, you know, things that we've been through, maybe maybe people, different people have been abused or whatever or, or gone through addictions or different ways, but um, mm-hmm. things that we've, that we've endured throughout life or that we've been set free from, only we can, you know, we can, uh, we can really help the ones that are going through, are going through that now because we know what they've been, what they're going through, and we know that, and they say that we've been set free from it, so it gives them hope. Yes, this is true, absolutely. Um, Again, going back to me, when I met that pastor, uh, Pastor Joe, when I met Pastor, um, he had been through an addiction as well, so he was through, he was, uh, you know, he had been some problem with some, um, uh, uh, you know, prescription medication addiction. So, but yet I could relate to that because he understood where I was, even though I hadn't, you know, the the amazing thing was I hadn't told him that I was an addict. He didn't know anything about it. But yet, even as we grew in Christ together, as he began to to speak into my life, you know, um, he could relate to me. So it's so important where we come from. God uses that brokenness as a ministry for others, you know. Uh, And uh, so, you know, that, that, that 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 is the way he works. And um, so, it, it, again, we just reach out to everybody, but um, it's good to know and talk to somebody who's been through something that you're going through, that you can, that God can use that then to minister, and you can minister, through you minister to that person in Jesus' name, yeah? Right, definitely, because then they'll see that, that if you can get through that, then they can get through it too. And as That's you were right. talking and sharing, I, I, I pulled up a bunch of, Scriptures and of course my computer is giving me a hard time and it feels like being molasses. <laughs> feels like being <laughs> slow as molasses, so I have to wait till it clears up. But I don't have it in okay. front of me right now. But some of the scriptures I had put was how he heals the brokenhearted and he binds yes. up their wounds. Yes, their wounds. That's right. And, yes. And only he, only he can heal that broken heart. We can look through, uh, through comfort or escape through other things, if it's relationships or drugs mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And we might get that temporary high, but um, and that temporary escape because that you know the endorphins are going and the euphoria that you have, and it's something that Boy. takes the focus off of the the brokenness and the pain and the betrayal because you're around people that you love and those people hurt you, and um, you know maybe that's the way they were raised, maybe they were abused too. It's the only way they know. But um, it's like you were saying, you really loved your dad. You, you wanted to go with him anywhere even though yes. he was abusive, and that's completely understandable. I mean, you loved mm-hmm. him unconditionally, and God's love yes. for us is unconditional too. <clears throat> yeah, that that's so good, um, Deborah. Yes, that is so good, and that's true. You see, we, you know, you know, um, and 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 again, you know, 
God's love is so unconditional, you know, and when you encounter that love, it's when you encounter him that, you know, um, I suppose my addiction for whatever was in the world turned over into Christ, you know. I mean, there's a scripture in Psalm 138, verse 8, it says, you know, um, the Lord, uh, the Father will perfect that which concerns you. So whatever concerns you in your life, when you encounter him and his love, he makes perfect or brings to maturity the things that concern you. So it's a work, you know, and um, he's constantly working on your heart. But, but again, in my own experience, um, uh, you know, we it's surrendering to because I, you know, you can, you know, going through that process, you know, and we go through a process with him in the sense that when we come to Christ first, we begin to um, trust him, you know, and because I couldn't trust anybody really because I didn't have an earthly father in the sense that I, I didn't have anybody I could trust. So I had to begin to re- find out who God was and I begin to trust him. And that's a process of trusting uh, and laying our life down on the altar, you know, laying our heart down and beginning to allow God to, to just work on our heart to repair and store and, um, you know, pour on the, 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 the oil to heal, you know, so it's a process. Right, right, and I know that, um, you know, you, that was in Psalm 147, verse 3, if anybody wants to look it up and study it later, we heals our brokenhearted, he heals right. our brokenhearted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Um, I had looked about, uh, I had looked on how, uh, you know, a lot in life, people, of course, are going to, they're looking for the love from the earthly father, or if they're in broken homes, maybe they'll reach out to gangs because they want to be a part of something, and they're looking for friends. They're looking for acceptance. In Proverbs 18:24, it says that the man of uh, the man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will prove himself a bad friend. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Than a brother. Basically, they're talking about talking about Jesus. So, um, oh, yes. you know, he he sticks closer than a brother. And you know, like I was saying earlier, it's just, you, when you were talking, I just was writing down those words that. That um, you know that when uh, that you have been through so much, and and God God was with you every single second of it, and He never gave up on you um, yes. because He saw the fin- He saw the finished product, and That's right. um, He saw who you are today. He saw who you are this day, and He saw what you're doing right now, and He He know He knew you would do it, and He knows our choices, and He knows what's going to happen before we do mm-hmm. because He knows everything. Yeah, that's that's so true, Deborah. Yeah, and and again, there's a, there's a scripture in Psalm 34, verse 18. It says, "The Lord is close to those to the brokenhearted, and saves those which have a crushed spirit." Um, right. So you know, e- even in our brokenness, um, you know, God is closer. And even even through all the stuff I was going through, even the abuse, you know, you know, all the the sexual abuse and the stuff that I went through, uh, God was close to me there in the brokenness, you know. But I didn't, I. I hadn't heard about him. I hadn't heard the gospel. I hadn't heard, you know, about who he was, the father that I had, that I did, that, you know, I always had a father, you know, um, I didn't, I never, I didn't meet him until, you know, I, I, what as it was now, 16 years ago or whatever, and clean now. So, you know, I didn't meet him till then, you know, so he was always close to me. And, and uh, you know, and, and again, I encourage those tonight, you're out there, you know, and you have a broken heart or you're going through stuff. The Lord is close to you, you know, just call out to him. He's right at the end of your cry. He's right at the end. Like I keep saying, you know, blind Bartimaeus, that day on the road, Jesus was at the, at the end of his cry, you know. Um, and when he cried out, he came to Christ and Jesus 
just repaired his life, you know. Um, and uh, so again, you know, he's such a loving father. And and again, I'd like I'd like to say as well that for me personally, we need to begin to recognize those who come into our life, who God uses to bring healing and to bring restoration, uh, because you know God works uh, through people, yeah. And uh, and there's people in my life. I, I have a wonderful uh, spiritual mom and dad. I call him that, but you know, but I know I have a, a heavenly father, and he's he's my dad. Uh, but you have a wonderful couple who helped me. Um, my life, Andy and Patty, my beautiful couple, um, and God used them to help me. When there's times when I wanted to give up, you know, there was times when I, had, I you know, I, I, it was so hard for me, you know, um, because I had made a lot of mistakes and done stuff, but yet still God used people because, as you said, Deborah, He knew the finished product. He knew, and He'll help you to get through things using other people. And we need to be aware of that. Need to be open to that as well and recognize the ones in your life. And I'd even prophesy that tonight here. There's people in lives, some people in listening to us tonight, there's people God has sent into your life and you need to, you need to recognize who they are. And you need to, be, you need to have, um, uh, can I use the word humility, to be able to humble yourself to the fact to know that these people were sent into your life to help you and, uh, and trust them because God will use them. Now, there's no man or woman perfect. We know that. Okay, nobody's perfect, only the one Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but, you know, we don't look for the imperfections in people. We just look for God in them. Amen? Yeah. And I know yeah. it talks about he give you beauty for ashes. And That's uh, right. I was trying to find that scripture. I had it, and then it turned over to another page. I told you it was giving me a hard time, this computer. Uh, I had the whole thing, literally. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think me it's a nice time. Idea, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think it's 61. But I had it on 61, it, it turned over to 62 for whatever reason. But... As soon as I'll find it, I'll read it out. Or if you find it, you can read it too. It's talking about how he gives beauty for ashes and and uh, the garment of praise for the spirit yeah, of heaviness. Right. It's, in, it's in Isaiah 60, 60, 61. Is it there? Yeah, it says. Um, it says. Uh, yeah, so it says in, in the New International Version. It says there, and uh, God will provide for those who read, uh, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So, yeah, you know, God, he provides. And, you know, um, you know, God provides beauty for ashes. He, he provides the oil of, of joy, you know, for, for the spirit of the spirit. You know, so God provides all these things. And our, the only thing we have to do is take a step toward God is take a step in toward God, well, you know, seek him. You know, the Bible says that if we draw near to God, you know, some of the church have got it backwards a little bit. So you hear songs, you know, like, Lord, uh, draw me close, Lord. Uh, you know, uh, draw me close to you, Lord. Well, you know, the Bible says if we draw close to him, he draws near to us. You know, we need to draw near. And that's our step. God is only, God's at the end of your step of faith. He's at the end of your faith cry, as I call it. Because in my... You know, in my despair, in my, my place of, of despair and d destruction and brokenness, I called out to Christ, and he was at the end of that cry. Why? Because I humbled myself unto God. I drew near to him, and he, he was just waiting there to draw near to me. And I can tell you that God is at the end of your cry. Um, you know, sometimes I joke when I, I wake up in the morning and, uh, and, and uh, I open my eyes, and God says, hey, I'm right here, you know, because he's right there <laughs> waiting to you. He, you know, he's he, he's he's at the end of 
you know, he's he's saying what we're going to do today, Dermot. You know, he's he's right. a loving father. He wants to be involved in every part of your life, and we need to understand that he's right there right now. In fact, when I was going through all my brokenness, he was at the because we read it in in, in Psalm 38 there. You know that uh, he's near to such as have a broken heart. God is near right. to you right now. He's waiting for you. Even if you're an unbeliever or a believer, he's there. You just need to cry out to him and call on him. And he's there. You know, as, as you were, as you were, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit there. I thought you were done. Apologize. Oh <laughs> uh, no, you're fine. Excuse me. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, ever ready fine. to to call you. Ever ready to call out? Uh, ready to to answer your cry? Uh, you know, uh, I I we have our little beautiful daughter here. You know, I was here the other evening, and and uh, you know she 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 has been to walk now, and she was she was over at my ministry and she fell and she hit her head on the bag. And the minute she fell it, it was straight away to her up, you know. And that's our father. You know, when I heard crying, I was right there, you know. Uh, you know, when, 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 uh, when, uh, no, or sorry, when Moses, uh, the Lord said to Moses, you know, I've heard the cry of my people. You know, that's why I'm going to bring them out. You know, so God is at the end of our cry, you know. So don't ever be afraid to cry out to him. Uh, he's always there. In Jesus' name, yeah. I agree with that. Yes, yeah, just, just call out in His name, and uh, He'll be right there. Right. If you don't believe He's real, just say and prove you're real. He doesn't That's mind. Right. He'll come show up and pr- prove Himself. Oh yeah. You know, as absolutely. you were sharing, as you were sharing, Dermot, I I wrote a couple of notes, and uh, I know yeah. you're talking about how how you um uh you know when you were younger they had to break break with your ankles, right? Yeah, that's right. Feet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought about how, you know, that's a terrible thing to have to happen to anybody, but let alone a child. And then mm-hmm. I thought about how Jesus, you know, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. And when Jesus, you know, he took all that, he took our shame, our pain, that's he right. took our, our diseases and all of that so that he didn't even look, he couldn't even recognize him as as a person, as a man. And I thought about mm. it one day, and it's like it's like I thought about it and how when Jesus was was taking all of that, in the same exact moment, he was a perpetrator and he was a victim at the same time. Mm. Okay. So praise God. So it, it, he was he was he was you know if if he say for example somebody went went to go rob a bank uh, and somebody got you know robbed inside it, he was the the person who robbed the bank and then he was also the victim who got robbed. <laughs> He took right. it all, yeah. you know. That's right. He took yeah. it all. He took he took the diseases that we don't know about, the ones that we do, and and all of that. And then before before yes, it was a horrible, horrific, painful thing that they had to do to your feet. But Jesus actually took that before you even experienced it. He experienced it for you. That's right. Yes. That you could and, have that healing. That is right. Yes, I know. Um, Again, you know, we know the enemy has, uh, you know, he has a plan to destroy your life. You know, the Bible says he comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Um, you know, so, you know, I mean, the Bible says uh, how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the gospel or the good news, yeah? So even even the assignment, I believe, against my life, uh, you know, when I was a young man or a young boy, the enemy, he doesn't know everything or anything, but, you know, he tried to destroy my life because... You know, God had a call for me. God had called me to carry the good news of the gospel. Now, we all have to do but then as an, in the office of an evangelist, you know, um, you know, the enemy tried to, 
because I tell you, that was just one thing with my, I had several things. Um, you know, I remember I broke my leg. I, I, I remember jumping over uh, me and my brother one day. Uh, we was chasing me and, jumped and uh, I stood on a board with a nail and the nail went through the, excuse me now, I know this sounds a bit gross, but the nail came through my foot and it went up mm. through my foot. So mm. it was like there was an assignment over my feet, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I know that's a, right. a Christian talk or whatever, but, uh, but I understand what you're saying because even in that broken seat, Jesus bore it all, you know, he took it all. You know, First Peter 2.24 is that, you know, he who bore our sin in his own body in the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes we have been healed. You know, um, we have been here because Jesus bore it all. He took it all. He knew the beginning from the end. Uh, he provided for healing God in, in Jesus' atonement and sacrifice. You know, he provided for our healing. We know that he provided the crown of thorns for our mind. You know, the blood was spilled for our thought life. Our hands, his hands were pierced. His feet were pierced. Uh, the Bible says none of his bones were broken. But we know like that he, he bore it all. He took it all. So that we we could have healing and uh, not only physical healing but emotional healing, uh, wellness, wholeness, uh, you know. Um, so we're called to lead the Zoe life, you know, the life that Jesus talks about, the life that nothing missing, nothing broken, you know, um, the God kind of life. Yeah. Right. That's just. Um, I would, I would, I also made. I, I made. I was as you're. You know, like I said, as you're talking, I, 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 I had these little thoughts come, and I, I put, I jotted them down, and I thought about how, you know, you had talked about how when you were in that kind of lifestyle, you know, in the world, and you were doing the different things that you were doing, it was, it was fun for a little while, but then after a while, it wasn't. And the Bible right. talks about how sin is pleasurable for a season, so and yes. then it's not pleasurable anymore because. I don't know. It just—it's not. We're, we're getting convicted or something. We just don't enjoy it anymore. It's only pleasure for, pre- pleasurable for a season, and then of course you know the wages of sin is death, and you know yes. the wages you know the, that we get paid for a simple life or or our death. You know yes. whether it's death of 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 um, our our peace of mind or um, right. you know or that our heart gets more calloused or. That we That's may right. get further away from God, but thank God that He He loves us and He doesn't give up on us till the very end. You know, at, at our church, they have a lot of um, conferences that they have, and they have a lot of gatherings. They call them Great Awakening tours, and they go to different places. Yes. And they go and they witness, and um, some of them are nursing homes and all these other places, and they train people to go out and, and lead people to the Lord one on one. Well, mm. one day this retired firefighter, he had. Um, he felt like he had a really strong urge to go to the, the gas station. He felt it in his spirit. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go obey. So he went to the gas station, and uh, he felt to go into the, the restroom, even though, you know, he didn't have to be there or anything like that. He was fine. But he walked in. There was a man standing there, and he felt to, you know, to to, to witness to him. So he witnessed to him. The guy, he, he said the prayer. And then, um, like, right after he said the prayer, he he fell over with a heart attack. And the man, since he was an ex, you know, he, well, he was a firefighter and a paramedic, he started to try to bring him back, but he couldn't bring him back. With his last breath, wow. he said the prayer, God, God, at the very last second, is not willing that 
any, and I mean any, Shapiro's, the person that we think is the most scum of the earth and is rotten has done a gazillion terrible, horrible things that we think should burn in hell, God's like, no, I died for them too. That's right. So he wants, Uh, yeah, he wants the very last breath. Go ahead, uh, I feel like you have to say something. Go ahead. Well, well, praise God. I mean, it's an incredible testimony. The mercy of God, the goodness of God. You know, uh, God. You know, you're right there. In 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 Second Peter says, you know, God 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 is not slack concerning these promises. Some count slackness, but He's long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. You see, God is long suffering toward the lost. He's long suffering toward everybody, but to those who are in, who don't know Him yet, He's long suffering. And uh, you know what an incredible testimony of you know of first of all obedience to the the heart of God, to listening to the Holy Spirit. To actually, how important is it for us to obey the Lord, to obey Him when He speaks to us, and um, and to go to that man and to lead that man to Christ on His dying breath? You know, um, you know, it's God. The Bible says that God gives it like your next breath comes from Him, your next heartbeat comes from the Lord. He sustains us. You know, uh, He's given us this life, uh, and so you know, it is in, it is in, it is just vital that you give your life to Jesus, that you understand the gospel, that you repent and you turn from your, from, from your wicked ways, the Bible says, and just turn your life over to God because it's an incredible journey. And, uh, you know, uh, what you were saying there about, you know, like there's, you can try everything in this world. Uh, I've tried most things. You can try a lot of things. But most people, what they're trying to do is trying to fill a place in their heart or fill a space inside of them the emptiness that's in there. They're trying to fill it with something else, but the only thing they can fill it with, as we know, is 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 when you invite Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit comes and fills that place, and Christ comes into your heart, and uh, you become a green. That's the only. That's the only life. Um, that is the only life. Yeah, in Jesus' name. We that. Amen to that. I, I tell you, you know, you're talking. You're talking about how. You know, I had felt rejected a lot. A lot of us have felt rejected and have issues with that. And then I think about how mm-hmm. I don't have the scripture in front of me now, but let's talk about how he was a man of, re- you know, he was rejected. And uh, yes. talking about Jesus, you know, he was rejected, scorned, and and um, I don't wait, I have to look that up. I'm trying to think of where that's at. I think that might be Isaiah uh, as well. But but um, uh, you know, it's not like Jesus knew. Well, yeah. He took. He he knew. He was rejected and. Um, yeah. Man without, uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, 53, it says he was despised and rejected by mankind. Okay, he was right. despised and rejected by man. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. You know, yeah. um, you know he, he, he was, like, even in, in the redemptive, uh, you know, that redemptive thing that Jesus was doing and on the cross, he, he knew what rejection was. I mean, Jesus went through rejection. You know, he's Peter. Uh, you know, and the, you know the Bible says that um, in Matthew, I believe it's there. It says that all in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, when they when they when they came to take him, they, all the disciples just left him. Not only Peter, Peter rejected him, denied knowing him, but all the disciples uh, fled from him. Except uh, you know, Peter. Tra- the Bible says that Peter followed him at a distance. And we need to in our life as well that, that if we make a mistake with the Lord Jesus Christ. That if we do, um, you know, reject him in a, in some part of our life, uh, that we we don't then begin to follow him at a distance, you know, that we come quickly to him and repent of what we've done, and that we can have fellowship again 
you know, um, back to the way which it should be. Um, so that needs to be rejected. Yeah, and uh, and in that, that's why he can repair or restore or heal rejection in our lives. So you know, um, I I know I felt rejection um, in, in lots of ways. I, I presume a lot of people have that have felt that in their life at some part or stage of their life. Um, but Jesus brings healing to that place. When you, when you, you know, like I always say to people, when, when nobody else wanted me, Jesus wanted me. When nobody else had time for me, Jesus had time for me. You know, so because, why? Because he's not a man that he, you know, it says there that he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So, you know, he knows what it's like for what us to go through. He knows, he understands. And we spoke a little bit about that later, or earlier, excuse me, Deborah, when we spoke about, you know, when we go, when I come through addiction, I can minister to somebody in addiction. When somebody comes through depression or abuse or whatever, they can minister. Well, Jesus has been through it all. And he can minister right. because he, he can minister to us because he's the, the Bible says that, you know, he is our high priest. He is the minister. He's the one that stands before the Father on the right hand of the Father you know, continually make an intercession for us. What's that intercession? It's saying that, you know, Father, you know, I see what Dermot's going through. I see what, you know, Deborah's going through. I've been through that, and I took that on the cross. You know, I, I took that in my body. I paid the price for that. So, you know, let's, you know, release healing or whatever God is doing for you, you know? So he understands it all. Uh, that, that's why you can come to him. That's why he'll never reject you. That's why you've never you've never done anything that will ever re- you know if you're if you if you come to Christ if you come to God and and come to Christ and ask Him to forgive you, He will forgive you, and He never He never ever bring up again what you what what you've done in your past or whatever's happened. He'd be washed in His blood, you know. Stars the east is from the west. So far He removed that transgression from you, you know. Uh, you know He He doesn't remember. He He'll minister to you in that area. And that, that'll be done then. And we have to carry that through in our own ministry, our own lives, our personal lives. You know, when we have what, people around us, so we might have a, you know, maybe we have an issue with or something happened, the enemy brings in something or, you know, our flesh rises up or whatever happens, we must be quick to forgive and quick to, quick to forget. Amen? Uh, because Jesus is the same way. That's for sure. I know it talks about how, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's really, that's good stuff there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because you talk about how you know t- um, puts him in the bottom of the sea of forgetfulness, and far as the east yes. is from the west, and he doesn't forget them, and he doesn't bring them up like you said. Satan's the one who tries to bring him up. He's accused of the brethren, and he wants That's us right. to feel bad. He wants us to feel guilty, but there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That's and, right. And, uh, and just, you know, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And again, just to, just to say to you, yet yeah, Satan does it, and Satan will use circumstances or people around you to do the same thing. You know, he will use people who, around you to try to remind you of things that you've done wrong in your past. So you have to understand that you you know your your identity is not in who you were. Your identity now is in who Christ says you are, who God says you are in Christ Jesus. So you have to fix your heart on that. You have to begin to meditate. And understand of who you are now in Christ. I believe it, it's. A, I think it's around 150 times in the New Testament. It talks about his different uh, scriptures and uh, you know words that says in him or in Christ. Um, uh, I know Brother Hagen. Uh, he he wrote a wonderful book uh, uh, called In Him. It's a great book. I'd recommend it for people to get it. It's a really it's a small book. It has about 40 little pages, a mini book, but it talks about in him. 
who you are in Christ now. And that's your identity now. So you're never, you know, so um, even if you made a mistake 10 minutes ago, you know, uh, you had a crossword or whatever, or whatever it might have been, or whatever's happened, you know, you repent and brought it to the Lord, forgiven and asked for forgiveness. That is not who you were, who you are. Who you are is who Christ says, who God says you are, that you're a new creation in him, fresh, new, born again, completely covered in the blood of Jesus. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know that that you know that you're not who, but the enemy would try to tell you who you are, or what people are around you try to try to say who you are. It, does that make sense? Uh, does that make sense to you? Oh, Laura, definitely. Yeah? It it, it def- definitely makes sense. And I was um, one day I was um, I was studying uh, to do a show about uh, forgiveness and self condemnation and and things like that, and just you know things like that. And and the Lord yes. spoke to me says. He spoke to me and said, uh, let's see, how's it go? He said, when you are in self-condemnation, you come into agreement with the devil and his lies. Why That's not right. come into agreement with me? I am the way, the <laughs> truth, and the life. I was like, whoa. Wow. wow. That's really good, isn't it? And, wow. That's powerful. Um, I, I know. So I was like, I was like wow. And I, and I think about that, and I try, to, I try to remember to write it down and put it someplace and, and look at it. <laughs> But it's in my wow. heart now, you know. I thought about how you were talking about how you, if was my understanding, you were saying that your your perception, and just on a side note, I know we only have um, three minutes or two minutes, but I feel like the I feel like we're flowing, and I don't feel like we're done yet. So it's going to sure. get recorded on this, and then it's going to be that people can listen to it in its entirety. So. If you're listening live, sure. just to let you know, we haven't forgotten about you, and there's two minutes left, so you'll be cut off in like two minutes, but it's going to be recorded, and you can come back and listen to the part that you missed. So just to give you a heads up. Oh, and what I always love to tell you, my dear audience, is that I love you so much. God loves you so much. If he's in a crowded room, you're the only one he sees. He's enthralled mm-hmm. with your beauty. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I love you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love. So, yeah, praise we God. can continue, and then that, that'll that pick him up. And the, wow, um, praise so God. So I, I was thinking about um, how you talked about how you you felt like, you you know, God was a father that was just like wants to beat you over the head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, and I, I, I kind of grew up thinking that a lot. I was thinking, you know, there's God up in heaven, and, He's looking down. He's just waiting for me to make a mistake so he can hit me over the head or strike me with a lightning bolt. And I I didn't know, you know, I I don't know where I got that impression from. I don't know where Mm. I got that that, uh, perception from, but I I knew that that's what my perception was. It wasn't the truth, but it's Mm -hmm. what my truth was regarding it. And it took a long time before I I actually saw until I actually... um, learned about him and experienced and found out through other people and then just through a relationship, he's not that way. He's got a bum rap. He's he's, he's all people saying that about him, and it's not true. It's just I feel like the enemy does that so that people won't find out that he's actually a caring, loving father. He's a good father, mm-hmm. and he, he wants what's best for us. Yes. And um, so, mm, that's right. you know, I was, I was looking at that and, and a time that's uh, – um, I mean, God's love, his love is perfect, and, um, you know, he, he, uh, he um, you know, when I was looking at the, you know, you were talking about how 
the number of your days, you know, it was written in that, and I was looking up scripture, and I thought about how, when you were talking about how, um, uh, you know, like we've just been talking about God knows all of that was going to happen. And um, and then in Psalm 139.16, it said, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect and in thy book, all my members were written, which That's in right. continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. That was the King James, but in the Amplified, it's actually the one I meant to read, <laughs> it says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet, there was none of them. That's right. So he knew exactly our choices that we were going to make before we did, and he wrote all this, and in, in and he knew all our, all our days are on there. I love Psalm, 90, Psalm 139. It's beautiful. Um, I encourage people to go out and, and actually read it and study it and, and know he's, mm-hmm. talking, he's yes. talking to you individually. And um, and then, you know, you were talking about, about love and uh, how you talked about that a lot in, in part of your and part of it, uh, and I felt I feel like um, you know God's uh, God's love is perfect, and His, his perfect love casts out fear. That's and right. uh, you know the world they'll they'll know that we're Christians by our love, by seeing mm. us walking in love. And in John thirteen thirty five, it talks about um, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one for another. So if That's you keep right. on showing love among yourselves, it says in the Amplified, by this all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. Hmm. Think about it. He talks, he talks about, you know, um, like if somebody, you know, like a soft answer turns away wrath. Um, yes. If somebody is, is somebody's giving you a hard time about something or maybe they're being disrespectful, you end up turning around and blessing them with something. You know, I remember one time I had felt led just to buy this ivy plant, and I had gone someplace uh, public, and this uh, this is a receptionist there, and she was really not the nicest person. She was in a bad mood, or something was going on. I saw all these ivies. On, I saw all these ivies on her desk, and I felt to take that ivy because it was ivy. I felt to take that ivy and give it to her, and she just melted right there. She was like a completely different person. The look wow. on her face was just, and she was just. Oh, how can I help you again? And it's just completely gone. So wow, that's yeah. love and action right there. That's, that's God. Right. You know, they'll know that we're, that we're Christians. If I were to turn around and got angry, and and even if I hadn't cussed her, but if I turned around and just said, "Oh," and got really impatient, was rude to her. I'm not saying none of us mm. don't fall from time to time or whatever. But if I turned around and and moved in the same spirit, then I don't think that she would have been over. She wouldn't have um, felt the love of God. But since, yeah. you know, we move in the opposite spirit of what's being dealt with. It's fear. We move in in uh, love, perfect love, and we we receive His love, and then the faith, the 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 fear is gone. And and if it's if it's like a depression or something, then we put on the spirit of um, the garment of of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So heaviness. we have to move in the opposite spirit of what's trying to come against us. If it's depression and stuff like that, laugh. The joy of the Lord is our, if we're weak or tired. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So the merry heart is like a medicine. We have to move That's in the right. opposite spirit. In that way, yes. we're 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 going to take care of that. So that love right there is is I mean that like you said it it overcomes everything. I mean it's the answer for everything. 
and it's it's just it's perfect. His love is perfect. Agape love, unconditional love. Like the love that you had for your father, you know, is the love that that God is, is perfect love. It's unconditional love. You know, like we were talking about earlier. Yes, mm. yes. In in Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians thirteen says that love never. First Corinthians thirteen eight, I believe it says that love never fails. Now that that love there, we as we know, uh, is the God type of love. It's his love. It's the agape, hasid, um, love of God that never fails. He is love. Jesus, you know, said that God is love, you know, uh, and in him there's no darkness at all, you know. He's light as well. Uh, so, yeah, and I, and just listening to your testimony there, you know, you see, God knows the keys to our heart, you know. He knows the keys. To, he knew the key to that woman's heart was that ivy or, you know, whatever that, that was that day. He knew the key to it, you know. And, um you know, it says in Psalm 27 there, I believe 10, it says that, you know, God will never forsake us. You know, even though our mother and our father, our father and mother forsake us, he, the Lord, will never forsake us, you know, um, because, you know, love never fails. And it's it's constant. Love is constant. And, and like, you know, um, I'm just reminded there as well, you know, I, I talked about the love of God. Yes, uh, you know, the, how the, the pastor showed me such great love and, you know, and kindness and, uh, you know, goodness. Um, these are things that we need to practice in our life as Christians, as believers. We need to really practice them because, you know, uh, that is the, that when we yield to that kind of love in our life, God can do supernatural things. And, you know, when you, you spoke there as well about, you know, God, you know, and he does, he knows the beginning from the end. But, you know, I've learned this one thing with God that, you know, the more I, you know, because of my lack of understanding and uh, my communication with him uh, when I got saved or before I was saved, and then when I got saved, when I was building a relationship with him, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and stuff. But because, because I didn't consult him in the things that I was making decisions in to do. You know, you, you, so the more we consult the Lord, the more we consult the Holy Spirit, that we, we can eliminate eliminate a lot of the stuff in our lives. We can eliminate, as I put it, like, you know, Abraham, the Ishmaels, creating Ishmaels in your life. You can eliminate, eliminate those, you know, because God knows the plan he has for you. And he is a God that loves us. And love doesn't, love is not controlling. Love will never control our decisions. But what it wants to do, love wants to have a relationship with us that when we come to him, when we, that love, you know, when we come to him and we consult him and that we understand that he has the plan, uh, then our decisions come from him. And, you know, you begin to walk in the plan of God for your life. And the stuff that you used to do, you know, the mistakes you used to make or the Ishmael's you created begin to get smaller and smaller into a place where you just walk in the plan of God. I, I totally believe that. Um, you know, um, so, you know, and again, you know, the enemy, I know the enemy tries all the time to, to, to get us away from what God has planned for us. And I'm looking on the wall here. I have a good friend, uh, you, you know, uh, John, John Edwards, a good friend of mine and his wife, Trish, um, Trish makes these plaques, you know, that she, she, she loves, she's very, um, creative and she makes these plaques and, uh, you know, one day I was talking to her, and uh, what she does is she frames these, she's, you know, maybe it might be a scripture from the Bible, puts it in a frame with some lovely lights and stuff, and, you know, and she frames, you can hang it on your wall or whatever. But one day we were talking, and we were talking about the enemy, you know, and, you know, the enemy does have a plan for our life. He does try to destroy our life, right? Not a plan in the sense that God has a plan. But, you know, and these, these words came out of me, and I haven't, 
I put them in a plaque and they're on my wall here right now and I'm just looking at them and it says, it takes, uh, these words that came out, you know, like David, when he went to face Goliath, you know, he took five stones out of the brook, but it only took one stone to kill Goliath and to knock Goliath out and then he, he took his sword and he took his head off. So, you know, on the wall here, I have a, I have a plaque that she's made for me and it says here, it says, it takes just one stone to kill Goliath. And that's what we, you know, it only takes one word from God to change any situation or to come against the enemy of your life. You know, we need to go to God and find out the stone, the right things we need to speak tonight, the right things we need to come against the enemy with. And how do we do that? We do it through relationship, um, uh, you know, by getting into God's word and, and building that relationship with him so that we can walk on the path that he has chosen for us. We should run every decision by him. You know, people say to me, oh, well, that, that means everything. Well, you know, you, you can choose your own shoes in the morning. Yeah, you can put your own clothes on. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the stuff where we, you know, where we need to make decisions that are going to affect our family or affect our own lives or ministry, uh, uh, whatever it's going to be, we need to be consulting the Lord all the time on those things uh, because that, that's, uh, that's where the rubber hits the road in the plan of God for our life. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense to you, Deborah? Yeah, does that... Oh, definitely. Uh, consulting him on every everything, even even the seemingly smalling thi- small things, because sure. there's good ideas and then there's God ideas. So there are ideas that are That's good right. and things that might seem well, but is that what the Lord wants? Is that His idea too? Yes, absolutely. You know, take again, take Abraham and 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 Sarah. You know, they thought it was a good idea for for him to go to Hagar and create something their own. They had a promise, but yet they they try to create their own promise. You 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 know so even though God you see there's a there's an exist there's a um, a prime example of the plan of God for your life God's plan was them to have Isaac and to to Isaac to come through them yet they try to create their own Isaac um, by not waiting on the Lord even though they had a word from Him they didn't wait they did their God timing was out so they try to create something themselves and that that is that is the you see you know God allowed that because his plan A never changes. And uh, so you, you need to be careful that you're not creating Ishmael's in your life when you need to be, um, you know, just really trusting in the Lord for his plan for your life and consulting him. And even though it might be tarrying, don't, you know, don't, don't lose hope because, you know, the, the, the vision will come at an appointed time, the Bible says, yeah? Definitely. Um I was I was uh, also thinking about how when um, you were first starting to go around the things of God and you would have, have those thoughts come to you about you need to get away from here because, um, you know, you get a lot of those thoughts a lot of times. And I know those are like the fiery darts of the of the enemy trying to get you to think that you weren't in a good place or maybe being brainwashed or maybe you shouldn't be there because, True. you know, the enemy didn't want you to get free. And then you know you talked you talked about how you'd use the, the scripture and quote the scripture a lot because yes and then it was which slowly changed your life and that's so true because God's word does not return void and and when Satan came to tempt him in the desert when he was there forty days and forty nights that's what that's God right. Jesus did to use for ammunition he quoted the word and he said it is written it is written it is written even when Satan misquoted it or used it out of context Jesus yes. still. You know, quoted the word, and he said, "Thou shalt not tempt the, you know, the Lord get you behind me." And so he did. He did all of that, and that's that's the sword of the spirit, you know, the word of God. And so what you're yes. doing is is you're when you're when you were quoting the word over your life, 
you know, because the word isn't returned void, when you speak it out and you're talking about death and life and the power of the tongue, uh, yes. you know, then you start to speak the, the, the life, you know, the word of God, and that's when yes. things start to take place. And, yes, it's, it's tempting to sometimes say negative even even if we don't mean to, but then, uh, yes. you know, that's uh, – but we just have to pray for a crop failure and, and, and you know, have that null and void. That's right. There's Again, power in, and I was glad. Huh? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry uh, oh, no, I was, uh, just, I was glad that you shared that because I think that people need to hear that, how to com- combat that and how to stay free and even get more free. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, you know, just so to encourage people, like you know, uh, <clears throat> when you come to Christ, whatever age it might be, you know, if it's if it's if it's into your twenties or your thirties, you you got to understand like that you have had thirty years of being under the power of the wicked one, and your mind has been conformed to his way of thinking, because the world has a has a way of thinking. And we know that according to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, the Bible says that, that Satan is the god of this world. Uh, you know, he, like it says in Ephesians chapter 2, that uh, you once, it says that you, he made alive who are dead in their trespasses and sins. In verse 1, it says in verse 2, it says that to which prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So what I was saying, the Ephesians church, you once were under the influence of the wicked one. So, you know, you were under the influence. So if you were 30 years before you got saved, 20 years, whatever it might be, you have to understand that the enemy had control of your life, of your mind. He, he, control, he understands the principles of God's word. He understands the principle of thought and speaking, that the thought life and your words, if you can connect your thought life to what you're saying, uh, you would begin to steer, according to the book of James, that your tongue is like a rudder. It will begin to direct your life, you know. So... He was using several ways of, like, you know, your, your, your taught life, he had control, you're under the power of the wicked one, under sway of the wicked one in your taught life. So that, that, that there, when you get born again, you know, as we know, the Bible says our spirit is born back to God. We, yet our mind, and uh, ha, as Paul said to the Roman church, has to be renewed. So the renewing of your mind is a process. And the strongholds he's built up, we have to understand that you cannot give, you give the enemy fair, fair way in your life by the words that you speak or the thoughts that you meditate on. So that's why I, I combat the enemy, you know, um, through, 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 that's how I did, that's how God set me free in a lot of areas. I began to quote the scripture. I began to listen continually to the word. I, 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 I just completely delved into the Bible, into the word. And I began to meditate on it. I began to listen to teachings all the time. I turned off the radio. I turned off the TV. I just got rid of the newspapers. And I began to just get the word day and night, having it playing and constantly washing my mind out, refusing thoughts. If a thought would come to me that's contrary to what God says, I'd begin to take it captive. And I'd say, no, I'd speak out of my mouth. I'd declare out loud over my life contrary to what, what thought came to me. Or if it was a thought that was consistently coming to me, I begin to uh, combat it with the word. So this is this is this is this is the way we need to do. You know, Jesus did that, as you quoted there in the book of Luke. You know, in, in the wilderness, in the, in the desert. You know, when he was there forty days, the enemy came. He came against his mind. You know, it's interesting that you bring up those scriptures because you know it says that he took Jesus up to a high place and, you know, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Or I told him to jump off it and said, you know, if you jump off, the, 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 the Lord will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. 
and they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Then he showed them all the kingdom of the world. He said, if you bow down to me once, you know, I'll give you all the things. He said, each said the stone, turn the stone into bread. But an interesting, like, that the enemy never took Jesus physically up onto the temple. He began to fight him in his thought life because he couldn't physically take him anywhere. But he tried to take him in his thought life. And that's where wow, the battle powerful. is. You know, that is where the battle is. And when we begin to understand that the, that Jesus defeated the enemy by using the word in his thought life, in his worst, because the enemy came to him in his worst condition. And, you know, the enemy will try to come to you as, you, as we know, as a believer or as a person who doesn't know, when you're under the sway of the wicked one, he'll get you to a place where he'll try to use your thought life like he did for me to, the, to um, you know, to commit suicide or take my life or when the when I had those thoughts about the Bible, as you brought up when when I met the pastor, he's, I got all these thoughts. Get out of here! These people have Bibles, you know. So he was trying. He had control of my thought life. So I had to win that ground back through using the Word, and that's a process. And I'm still in it, and we're all still in. We'll be in it till the day we go home to be with the, with the Lord. But we have to start somewhere. Um, if you don't, if you don't re- begin to renew your mind, well, then the enemy. You'll be a defeated Christian all your life. You'll be in a place of defeat. Um, you know, amazing again, I'll bring up David. When he went to take Goliath down, you know, first of all, he, uh, his brothers tried to talk him out of it. Then Saul tried to talk him out of it. And the, and the Bible says, for I think it was for 40 days, was it, that, that, that Goliath came out every day and was speaking to Saul. And he was speaking to the armies of Israel. And his words brought them to a place of defeat. But when, 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 when David turned up, as we know, who was a representation or a type and shadow of Jesus, when David turned up, David refused those words and he began to declare, what did he say? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of Israel? So he began to declare what God was saying, what his covenant right words were. And he defeated, it took one stone to defeat Goliath, because that's all it takes to defeat the enemy in your life. One scripture. One scripture continually wow. spoken over your life will defeat the enemy. Amen. Amen to that. That's amazing. You know, and also you're talking about how, um, how the enemy you haven't, uh, uh, you know, our thought life and we haven't take the ground with that, with the scriptures, mm-hmm. and then also in, uh, you know, in uh, Romans twelve twelve where it talks about, um, let's see, it talks about in two, do not be conformed. I'm sorry, 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So we have to renew our minds, too, with the Word of God. And then that way, that's going to you know, wash away uh, the old thinking and the enemy's thoughts and the fiery darts. It's going to just... It's gonna, some people say that people that go to, you know, find God and they go to church, they say they're brainwashed. Well... Washing with the, you know, water the word. We need to wash our mind and That's renew right. it and, wa- you know, wash Absolutely. it. We need to brainwash it. We need to wash yeah. away all the stuff of the world that, that's been that's put right. in there and, and the, the enemy's thoughts and, and, and also words that have been, you know, spoken over us that were no good or won't amount to anything or you'll be just like your father or your mother or, you know, blah, blah, that's blah. Right. That plays over and over again. So we have to wash that away and and find something in the Bible that tells us the complete opposite. That tells us the truth. That that you know we'll have success and um, that we're right. gonna, you know that we're gonna we're gonna whatever the Bible whatever those thoughts that we have to find a scripture that goes against it. Like you know that if you'll never be a success and well God you know if He prospers us 
and we we become a success because of his word. You know, if we don't if we don't feel like if we don't feel like we're loved or nobody will love us, so that's not true because God loves us. So we have to find scriptures right. in there about that and 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 renew and wash wash our we you know the renewing of the mind. So. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and you, the way Paul put it is so good in First Corinthians two verse sixteen. In the latter part of that scripture, it says Paul says that we have the mind of Christ. We already have right. the mind of Christ. And the, what's happened is the enemy has, because of our, the, the, the amount of years that we've been under his sway and the wicked one, and the, the world system, and the way it's con- we've conformed to that way of thinking, we actually had the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ now, and it's, it's revealing that mind. It's stripping away the, you know, your, your car, car, like, you know, if, if you drove through, uh, you know, one year of driving through mud or whatever, and your car was completely caked with mud and grime and dirt, and you bring it to the car wash, you know, it takes a little bit of time to clean it, but inside of that disgusting mud and all that stuff is a shiny new car, and, uh, and, and that's wow. what the process is. We're being washed away. It's being cleansed by, by, by the washing of the water of the word, as you said, because to reveal in is the mind of Christ. So that's a great scripture to confess over your life every day. You know, I, I always say, Lord, I tell you that I have the mind of Christ. You know, the Bible says that, um, it also says there that, you know, that um, uh, the memory, it says, I believe it in Proverbs, it says that memory of the righteous is blessed. You know, I have a blessed memory. Why? Because I have the mind of Christ. I have, you know, Jesus was never anxious. Because Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So I'm not anxious for anything because I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I've been given that mind. It's not mine. I don't have the old man died and I had now born again into Christ. And I have the mind of Christ. I'm I'm in, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter, uh, I think it's uh, 2 and verse 6, it says that we've been seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our position now. We... We're in the body of Christ, and we operate through the mind of Christ. So we need to begin to confess that over our life and believe it. You know, uh, take it on board. Um, and uh, just to, just to share with you there, I just got I just uh, I know we come up to the end there soon. I, I just got a message there from um, from somebody that was watching us there, uh, and he just testified there. Uh, I had a word at uh, somebody's eyes, and uh, he just texted me there that the Lord has healed his eye. And he's back. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise God. Lord. That's awesome. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, uh, thank, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, absolutely. That's wonderful. I'm glad you were Jesus. flowing there and, and listening and speaking it out. You know, that's beautiful. That's awesome. I'm glad that they sent you that and let you know. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm yeah, excited. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's we we give you glory, Jesus. You know, but I'll tell you, we thank Lord. You know that, you know, we get to carry on His ministry on the earth here. He's ministering oh, in heaven. Definitely. We're His body here on earth, and you know, the same things. You know, the Bible, John, it says that you know, as He is, so are we in this world. Amen. Uh, so Jesus hasn't lost any power. He hasn't lost any 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 of what lo- that God has given Him through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we have a pleasure of 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 and the absolute honor of continuing His ministry here on earth. Amen. And I will ask you there.
Thank you, Lord. So praise God. Father, we just pray for every person right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for every person that's listening to this. We just encourage you tonight, be reconciled to Christ. And if you're in Christ, give, give God everything. Give him everything in Jesus' name. We love you and we bless you tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen.